Yeah, Chris Penn. Isn't Chris Penn the, the fat guy from uh, <laughs> yes. Reservoir Dogs? I, yeah. <laughs> I, oh, I shouldn't have corrected you, actually. I should have just let you say uh, Chris Penn. No, wait to be looking out for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, too bad. I'm not going to be able to edit that out. <laughs> yeah, you guys I, over I'm there. Gonna... Yeah, I'm, a, I'm Spider-Man over here. I actually can't remember if that's what he sounds like. <laughs> Stop pointing that gun at my Uncle Ben! <laughs> Welcome again to Racing to the Middle, the podcast that, you know, honestly is going to be in any movie you ask it to because, quite frankly, we have to figure out a way to pay for our T-Rex skull. And, you know, Clay, I just sold my castle. <laughs> you just had to, you had to put that one in there. He sold his castle! <laughs> uh, as always, I'm your host, Clay Hiller, and with me, as always, is my friend, uh, Hayden Gilbert. Hayden, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. <laughs> Never gets old. I'm a simple so. <laughs> All right. So this is, uh, this is the, the, the first true episode of uh, Racing to the Middle, uh, the podcast where we, uh, we take an obsessive look into the filmography of a single actor, and we watch every single one of their movies, uh, starting with the best, and then, uh, or well, I say starting with the best, starting with the highest rated movie on Rotten Tomatoes, and then uh, we'll go down to the bottom of the list in our second episode, and we'll just keep alternating until we some at some point get to the middle. Uh, and if uh, if you listen to the intro uh, last week, um, which I don't know why you wouldn't, um, yeah, great, uh, then then you know all of our favorite movies from. <laughs> yeah, you know our, from oh the god, we since we've been alive. Yeah, we uh, we revealed a lot about ourselves. Uh, we kind of told you what kind of people we are, what kind of movies we uh, we like, and oh, you know we what? definitely we can... told you what kind of people we were. That too. There's a lot of hopefully like. Hopefully, are better than. <laughs> yeah, we are. We're hopefully better than the people we used to be, uh, and hopefully, hey, hopefully you won't judge us. Hopefully, I'm better than the person I was when we recorded that intro. You know, it's been so long. <laughs> yeah, no, like that that intro. Uh, thankfully, that was recorded uh, five years ago. You better and, cut uh... that shit down. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will. We'll, we'll, we'll cut. We'll cut it down a little bit. We'll. We'll. We'll get it to a point where we'll get it to a tight two and a half hours. <laughs> point. Uh, all right. So, <clears throat> like I said, today is our uh, today is our our first true episode of the podcast where we actually get into format. Uh, and so, Hayden, um, at the end of our our, our initial episode, our, our intro kind of teaser episode that is probably longer than the actual episodes will be. Um, we found out that our first episode is going to be about the 2018 comic book movie, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. So, so uh, initial thoughts, what's your initial thoughts about the movie? Um, I've actually seen this one, so I don't have to guess like what, what's going to happen in it. Um, right. I, I've seen this one, 
I saw it a few years ago. It was after um, it was after uh, it had already like left theaters. Uh, and play, I'm gonna be honest with you, hype as much as I don't want it to, hype really gets to me. Right. So I went I know into you. this movie. Yeah, I went into this movie thinking it was going to be God's gift to uh, us mere mortals, and it's fine. Um, but it, it, it's really cool. The, the animation is really neat, um, and the voice acting across the board is uh, pretty phenomenal. Um, but it's sorry. I, I hate to be so basic, but it's just it's not my Spider-Man and. That's what I went in. I went in hoping that it would be as uh, that I would like it as much as the Sam Raimi, Tobey Maguire Spider Man. See, yeah. I think what I think what the difference between you and me is I had room in my heart for a new Spider Man to be my Spider Man because I don't I don't have the same like uh, love for the Sam Raimi movies. Not that they're bad movies uh, per se. Like they're, they're fine. They're great. Okay. Um, but, uh, it, it doesn't really, it doesn't hit with me as hard. Like, um, I, I didn't really, you, I think you also have more patience for superhero cinema than I do. That's also true. I have as much as I don't like to talk about it and admit it. I have seen every single one of the MCU movies, most of them at least more than once. Um, hmm. you know, uh, I, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't subjected myself to, um either uh Aven- avengers infinity war or endgame more than once i couldn't do it i don't oh, i, I value my time more than that I've, I've seen them i've seen them i haven't seen them more than once i saw i saw endgame i saw endgame three times what? well was that back when you were still working as projectionist yeah but yeah. i i genuinely enjoyed it i like it. it's fine it's a fine movie um i think it's 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 really hard to stick a landing for something that's like long-term storytelling like that and like right. there's there's good things in it um i think the one moment that kind of works for me is when you see captain america hold up the um, uh, mjolnir and that's about it like everything else oh, is kind of like when uh, ant-man is five million feet high <laughs> that yeah no that also that yes of course i i uh i'm so stupid clay the reason that movie really worked for me is because not in a million years did i think that it would involve time travel yeah when it, when it was the only when in retrospect it's the only thing that they could do yeah and and i went i still went in not expecting it at all and i just fair had point yeah, yeah. I, I, I see not, where you're coming I guess from. We're not talking about in-game. We're not talking about in game. No, we can't. Uh that's not this podcast because Nick Cage is not in in game in any way, he shape, might or form. Be. There's a lot of people in it. <laughs> well, he's not credited. He's not uh he's not playing a character <laughs> yeah. that we can see. So for example, like if we ever did a uh, deep dive into Daniel Craig, we will not be watching uh The Force Awakens. So I'm I'm sure you're happy about that because even though uh Daniel Craig is a stormtrooper in that it's not credited. He's his face is not seen in the movie. Oh God, then I have to rewatch Defiance. <laughs> you know All right, that? no one does. Uh, no, <laughs> I think I vaguely. I don't. I don't even want to think about it. It's it's. Yeah. It, that, I don't have enough brain capacity to think about Defiance again. Ooh, I think I did watch could, that movie though. Then we could rewatch Girl with the Dragon Tattoo though. That's a good movie. Yeah, it's not a bad movie. Yeah. David Fincher, not bad. Oh, you know what? I got to be honest. I, I'm kind of surprised now to think about it. Just just like a little little interlude back to or a little t- a tangent back to our our uh, intro episode. How do you remember I that? We recorded that five years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Well, it's because I got the list in front of me still because it's on my phone. I look at it uh, every day. Um, 
for at least 30 minutes and just kind of think about how awesome it is. No, um, I don't think there's a it single David. in five years? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but okay. Uh, I don't think there's a single David Fincher movie on that list. Yeah, how did Zodiac not make my? I oh, haven't actually. Oh well, I haven't seen. I, it. I liked Across the Universe more than Zodiac. Yeah, that's my own. Because I'm not putting Fight Club on there. You could. You can't make me. I don't like Fight Club. Ah, uh, yeah, I like the book a lot better. But even then, it's not. It, it's complicated let me see like what it. else girl with the dragon tattoo is not really something that like i'm super stoked about it was fine it's a good movie yeah Gone Girl. uh good i haven't actually seen that yet it's good yeah and it's sad because i really respect fincher as a director uh but yeah. he did not make it on my list yeah I, isn't that weird i'm like if i go back i will be surprised who all didn't make it on my list yeah we might have to talk about that off air that's a i think that's an interesting topic for off air yeah you're right all right so i'm going to talk about my initial thoughts on uh on Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse, I dug the hell out of it. Which again, as you mentioned, I do have a lot more patience for superhero movies uh, than you do, which is fine. Like that's like what you like. It's no big deal. Um, I think yeah. that's kind of what this whole podcast needs to be about is, is just like, hey, movies are good or bad as long as you, like whether you enjoy them or not, you know? And so getting mad at people because they didn't like the movie that you really loved isn't a big deal. And, uh, and there's no reason to go hate on a person because they like the movie that you don't. Like, it's not, that's not the kind of people that we are anymore. Hopefully. Unless it's, unless it's like a movie I really like. <laughs> if you have a problem with any of the movies that Hayden put on his list, he will fight you if you don't like if them. If you do not like Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers, we're going to have a problem. <laughs> so, yeah, no, um, I love... Uh, I love uh, uh, Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse. Like it's, uh, I think uh, Miles Morales is a great Spider-Man, but I'll tell you what, I'm going to tell you what, the thing is though, is he's not my Spider-Man because, because like the thing is, is, is Miles Morales is great, but I can't really relate to him because I saw this as an adult and Spider-Man and, and Miles Morales is a teenager. And so I'm sure like he resonates with, with teenagers and, and with, and with yeah. children. And that's great. And I'm so happy that Miles Morales is going to be somebody Spider-Man. Right. And I was thinking about it when I rewatched it recently, getting ready for the podcast. Um, I was thinking about how I'm so happy that like a lot of the kids that I used that I that I taught in years past, because I've mentioned before, I am an ex uh, educator at this point uh, for a lot of different reasons. This podcast being one of them, probably. <laughs> I'm a future. I'm a future ex educator. Let's put it that way. But like uh, I taught students who like you know because I, I taught in a. Uh, you know, in, in, a, in a, basically a, a, you know, a school that had a lot of at-risk students. And because in America, a lot of like majority of at-risk, uh, you know, students are black or Latinx. I can imagine that a lot of my students, former students uh, saw themselves in, in Miles Morales. And I think that's cool. I think that the idea that like they can say themselves as Spider-Man without having to do some kind of uh, mental gymnastics is, is great. Like, mm -hmm. that's awesome. Uh, there's, there's some, there are some issues with the creation of the character that we'll probably touch on when we get into actually talking about the movie after we both uh, have completed uh, our, our, our rewatch of the movie. But I think it's a good thing overall. But I really resonated with my Spider-Man, and that is the Spider-Man portrayed by uh, Jake Johnson, and that is Dadbot Spider-Man. Because I'm, I'm here. I'm beyond dad bod, but I. I, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm. Look, look. I've never. I would love to have dad bod. I've never I, had dad bod. I would but... kill to have a daddy bod. Okay. <laughs> I know. I. I. I really do like Jake Johnson. Spider Man is one of it's my great. favorite elements. Yeah. Me. No, he's one of the best elements of the movie in every way. Like, I love that he's a little bit schlubby. I like that. Uh, you know, he's a little bit cynical and like. You know, he has to learn just as much of a lesson as uh, Miles Morales does. 
mm-hmm. you know, about what it means to be Spider-Man. And I think that's great. And I, I love that character because, you know, like I said, I, I can relate to it to an extent, you know, um, you know, being on the, uh, you know, being on the other side of 30, I get it. You know, I guess if uh, I mean, my Spider-Man is Toby always will be. But if yeah. we're talking about this movie, it's probably the pig one. because he's a pig. <laughs> John uh, Mulaney is also great in this movie. Yeah, he's phenomenal. He's fantastic. Yeah, uh, I relate to him on the inside and out. I am a pig. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, I, I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, I think and you're beautiful. I don't I won't hear it. I mean, pigs are cute. That's what I'm saying. No, uh, <laughs> and, and they're I, intelligent, uh, too. And and they're really smart and they're disgusting yeah. little uh little heathens <laughs> that roll around the mud all day. No, uh yeah. No, I uh I was gonna say I, I think we both relate to, to Jake John. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, that's, yeah. I, that's the thing is like a, a strong point, like a case that you made already. This movie is is pretty good, I think, at representing a lot of different people. Yeah. Uh, uh, but it, I, I it has a little something for everyone. Yeah, exactly. I think that's why it's so highly rated, because you're right. It does have something for everybody. That doesn't mean that it's necessarily Nick Cage's best movie ever. It's just the one that really resonated you, with a lot of people. Can I can I uh ask you a question? Sure. Do you feel weird about doing a Nick Cage centric podcast and this being the first movie that we cover? <laughs> I think it's and, perfect. And, I think it's and, <laughs> and second part of that question i'm going to actually just take back what i said because our intro episode we talked about nick cage for maybe five minutes right yeah totally we talked about nick cage for five minutes <laughs> to be fair a couple of his movies did show up on the list that we were we were discussing between each other i'm going to admit that's probably i'm hoping that's the most self-indulgent we get because that was uh, look we we are not, we are people even. who have been longtime friends but we haven't really seen each other uh, in a long time. This is I can't uh, even see you right now because you guys. That's true. Like, I get to see you. <laughs> I've changed so much. I don't want you to see me. <laughs> you are Jake Johnson. Yeah. Talking to Jake Johnson. <laughs> um, yeah, but like for me, like this movie really hit on a lot of different things that I really enjoy because um, when I found out that you know not only was it a movie about Miles Morales because I was already on board for that i was on board from the visuals in the trailer um the the music in the trailer everything really worked for me and then i started reading about like the plot and found out that the man of the hour nick cage was going to be portraying a a film noir version of peter parker Mm. and that if i have man i really should uh should have looked this up before the podcast but i will do it uh after i will make sure to do it after the break after you while you're watching the movie um I'm going to have to find this, but I know in an interview, he talked about how like he was emulating the style of Humphrey Bogart and other like classic Hollywood, like, you know, heroes and, 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 and film noir characters and whatnot. And I was just like, like Oh, choice. this is everything. That's, that's the most Nick Cage answer you could give. Yeah. And I was just like, Oh, this is like everything that I want in a movie. This is a movie that just feels like it's made for me and the kind of things that I like. And it's like, all these weird niche things that I enjoy shoved together in a perfect movie. Right. And so like, I love this movie. Like it's one of my favorites. And again, I talked about it in our uh, initial episode where I mentioned that it's my favorite movie of 2018, despite the fact that we recorded this movie five years ago, recorded this podcast five years ago, I should say. And despite the fact that the movie Mandy also came out in 2018. I haven't seen Mandy. I'm waiting to save it for the pod. Gotta save it for the podcast. Right. There has Definitely. to be some surprises. 
Right. All right. Well, uh, do you have anything else you want to say about the movie before we, uh, we break and uh, come back after we've both seen it? I'm trying to think. Um, yeah, you'll cut this pause out. I'm trying to, uh, um, trying to think of anything else to add, but I don't think I have any. Okay. I look, I look forward to rewatching it in a wink, wink, a few minutes. <laughs> right. Uh, but, but the thanks to, thanks to podcast, uh, making magic, uh, will return uh, as soon as we've watched this movie, which for you uh, will be right after this. Thanks for listening. back uh so we took a little break so we could go watch uh spider-man into the spider-verse with uh shameek moore Haley stanfield jake johnson and man of the hour nicholas fucking cage yes. Hayden, yeah real quick now we already kind of talked about our, our opening thoughts uh you know going into the movie uh we've both already seen the movie but upon rewatch how do you feel about the movie um i feel about the same to be completely honest with you uh it's for what it is. It's a good. It's uh, really good. Um, I just don't necessarily respond to this kind of movie much anymore, just because I've seen this kind of movie quite a lot. Uh, this. I mean, to be fair, I, it, it differentiates. It, well, it differentiates this... itself enough in that it is presented in a pretty like spectacular way. Like the animation is really, really neat. Uh, yeah, and uh, it, you know it does enough differently that it doesn't necessarily feel like you're watching the twelfth Spider-Man movie in a decade. But even though you are, like this is yeah. this is what this is the uh, the fourth attempt at making a Spider-Man franchise. Yes. Yeah. I mean, look, I get it. Okay, this is an origin story that we well. Okay, so we get to at least see it's a character that we've seen many times before. Thankfully, it's a new take on the origin. It's no, like a costume is, uh, we've seen many times before. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But thankfully, like they, it's 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 different in the way it's portrayed. And um, you know, I kind of I kind of liked. Uh, there's some things I really liked about it that I want to talk about. You know, for one, I really liked the uh, the intro for uh, the Peter Parker at the beginning and all the little twists and nods to Sam Raimi's uh, Spider-Man trilogy. Right. Yeah. You know, like uh, there's this there's a part where for some reason um, uh, Mary Jane Watson is hanging up upside down to kiss uh, Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. And uh, there's the there's the scene from the restaurant where Doc Ock throws. A, well, you we don't see that it's Doc Ock in this in this version, mm-hmm. uh, but we see someone throw a car comes at through Spider-Man the cafe on a date with MJ. Yeah, yeah, and he like just punches it straight back, and you know there's all these like little 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 nods to it, which I thought was kind of cool. Can we address Can we address something real quick? Sure. What's that? Because I'm a defender of uh, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man Three. Uh, okay. <laughs> I I feel like I feel like that's a that's a pretty okay movie until the Venom stuff in the third act, um, right. and then it's just whatever. You know, I don't necessarily hate it even after that. Uh, it I could have been a lot stronger if it was just about right. Sandman because Sandman's story is actually really great. I agree, except except for and honestly, I have a big problem with uh, 
with them retconning the death of Uncle Ben and like including uh, Sandman in that, I think that's pretty stupid. Uh, but I what I don't understand is how culturally the movie is just a laughing stock because of one moment. Well, not just one moment, but the moment that signifies the movie as a whole for so many people is the finger guns. And I want to defend the finger guns. No, I like the finger uh, guns. Dude, it funny. It's- Toby Maguire as Spider-Man is a complete dork. He would think yeah. that that is cool. And during that montage, everyone on the street is looking at him like he's a freak. The only part that doesn't really jive is when he's in the bar and like dancing. Everybody's like, whoa, like, but whenever he's like doing the little dance, everybody's looking at him like he is out of his mind. But right. Which I mean, fair. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But I I just wanted to bring that up because even this movie pokes fun at it. We're like, well, we're not going to talk about that. It's like. It's yeah. fine. It's funny. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, like uh, this, I really do like this movie. I'm going to say this. Um, Sunflower. This It's the one song by Post Malone that I actually really like. Which one is that? That's the one that uh, Miles sings at the beginning of the movie. Oh, it's the like, like recurring one that it ends with. Yeah. Too? Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. So uh, wait, is, we talked actually. We, you asked me what I felt about it. Uh, how do you feel about it? Oh, uh, I still love this movie. Like, like I said before, uh, for like a Spider-Man movie, it's everything that I could want. Like, it's got, um, you know, I think it's cool that they did. They finally did like Miles Morales in his own movie where he is the star and he's the lead. I absolutely love Dad Bod Spider-Man in Jake Johnson. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love John Mulaney as Spider-Ham, and uh, and then of course fucking like spider-man noir being played by nick cage like yeah no of course i was gonna go see this movie of course i was gonna love this movie there's there's nothing nothing in here that i don't like really right um it's for a super superhero movie it's great like you know it's a superhero movie those have been getting pretty well played out at this point Mm -hmm. but this was definitely one that i was like man i really enjoyed this movie it it really did feel fresh it's a lot of fun and and there's some really great you know aspects to it like the acting is phenomenal throughout the whole thing oh oh one of my biggest things is i'm absolutely in love with um uh, with female doc ock oh olivia octavius yeah I think. <laughs> olivia octavius like she's great i love i love her like as soon as like i realized she was doc ock i was like <gasps> oh, oh that's cool it helps Which, what's funny is yeah what's funny is is like all the other for the most part all the other villains line up with like ultimate spider-man's version like in ultimate spider-man green goblin is a giant monster monster i think i can't remember i feel like i looked this up and maybe i'm mistaken but i think this i think scorpion is portrayed very similar to how he is in uh ultimate spider-man the, for whatever reason they decided just randomly to make uh doc ock female and i kind of dug it i dug like the weird like you know kind of seemingly like frazzled at the end of a rope like sciences vibe that she gave off and then it's like oh no she's just crazy because she's doc ock and She's a supervillain. Well, and it helps that she's played by Catherine Hahn, who is just oh, who's so, amazing. she's so, like, naturally uh, engaging. Like, or, not, engaging yeah. is the wrong word. She's so naturally, uh, like, you want, like, you like her immediately every time you see her in a movie, she even when she's in a terrible movie. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> saying, no, 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 I'm not, no, I was thinking back to the Bad Moms movies that she's like, a, oh. she's like the third lead in those, and uh-huh. those movies are just awful. But she is uh, really funny in them. 
Yeah. Isn't she also in Parks and Rec? Am I thinking of the right person? I'm not sure. I watched three seasons of Parks and Rec, and I, I just I don't remember any of it. Oh, you missed out. I, I thought that was a good show. But I, that's not what we're here to talk about. Right, right. <laughs> now, uh, okay, so uh, so you were talking about her character design. So I want to bring yeah. up. Um, I guess we'll go through the plot in a little bit, but I, actually, yeah, yeah. Why don't we? Why don't we kind of just we'll not not in notes. not in great detail, but yeah, we'll go yeah. through the plot. We'll hit the high notes because because here is my thoughts for the for the podcast. Because you know the idea is, is that we let y- y- you know you find out with the audience when the new, what the next movie is. It gives right. everybody a chance. To go out and and watch the movie before we watch it, you know, because we'll we'll um, I'll make sure that like however we are planning on watching it, you know, whatever method we have, we'll make sure to like uh, let people know that that's what they can do, you know, if it's you know hopefully too, enough of these will be on free streaming sites or sites that you know you'll already have access to. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, some of the the ones towards the bottom, not not so much. We'll obtain um, those through but, totally legal means, I'm sure. Yes. Um, and we would never, never encourage our, our listeners to go out and use any kind of gray hat uh, methods of acquiring these never. movies. Never. Never. No, no, no. Movies movies are an art form, and now more than ever, you need to uh, spend the few dollars that you have on uh, paying for entertainment. Right. Screw a sandwich. Okay, so- pay $20 to watch Scoob on Amazon Prime. Okay. <laughs> I guess we should start. This movie is, of course, about Miles Morales, uh, who is, you know, uh, Spider-Man in the Ultimate Spider-Man um, imprint, who's now actually one of two current canonical Spider-Man in the regular Spider-Man timeline. So right now I want to tell you, I think a big, a fundamental reason why I don't love this, you know, this movie, I... I think it's uh, I think it's just because I, you know I've always struggled with um, identifying with people's love of superheroes because I didn't nec- wasn't the biggest comic book kid growing up. Um, I like had a few single issues here and there, and then like maybe a graphic novel or two, but I never right. kept up with comics because it was too intimidating to start in the middle and never. Oh, finish I totally it. get you. I. I I totally feel what you're saying on that front. I have, like, a couple, like, uh, collected graphic novels that are mostly one-shot, like, one-off stories. Very few of them are parts of ongoing comic book series. And and if if they do have sequels, it's usually they were graphic novels of a popular character that just had a sequel mm-hmm. to it. So a good example of that would be uh, Batman Year One, uh, which most of them are Batman. <laughs> I'm going to be yeah, honest. No, I, when I was, when I was yeah. into buying uh, comic books, and especially, like, graphic novels, most of the ones that I bought were Batman stories. Mm-hmm. So, well, my, so my introduction and, like, main affinity for these characters just comes through the movies. So, I mean, I have, right. I have no real problem in admitting that my Spider-Man is not even the 60s Spider-Man that it's based on, but even more specifically is Tobey Maguire and Sam Raimi's version of Spider-Man. Right, so which like, makes sense because that's the that's the right. version you grew that up That tone, that world, and then mm-hmm. that characterization of him as like a complete and total loser. Like that is what I love about the Spider-Man characters. So I'm always a right. little... Uh, a little weary of it, especially with like the Tom Holland uh, version of the, like the MCU version of the character. Especially this one is actually it, it it goes less in that direction. But my ex roommate Bryce put it better than I ever could. He was like, "If you make a Spider-Man movie and you're too cool to have great 
power comes great responsibility in your Spider-Man movie, you're probably too fucking cool to make a Spider-Man movie. And he, he, he comes from, he's a big fan of the 60s version of the character. And so right. he is kind of diehard about, you know, it's not supposed to be fun to be Spider-Man. And the Tom Holland version of the character is nothing but, like, an annoying fucking kid who won't shut the hell up and just has a blast the entire... Like, the first time we see him, he's getting an all-expense-paid vacation to uh, wherever on Tony Stark's dime at the beginning of his first outing as Spider-Man in his own movie. So, um, thankfully... Into the Spider-Verse doesn't, like, I mean, Miles Morales is more of a uh, identifiable, like, you know, not an outsider completely, but he's he's a little less of a grating personality than the Tom Holland version of the character is. So I, I don't yeah. necessarily dislike the Miles Morales character. It's just, I, I feel like, and, it, you know, it might be a little bit of nostalgia too, but I just feel like what I like about the character was just nailed the first go around. So it's, it's hard yeah. for me to, uh, I don't know. And, and it, part of it's probably just me just not being open to like different interpretations. And I would be if I really loved superhero movies, but I don't. So it's like right. that, yeah, that the... hole has already been filled for me. And, and that's fair. Cause like, right. You know, I do like the two Tom Holland movies and I do like most of his portrayals in the various Avengers movies that mm-hmm. he's in. I get kind of what you're saying, but I just, but I, you know what? We're not here to defend. You're right. To, to ar- Nic- to, to uh, last time I checked, Na- Nicholas Cage wasn't in uh, the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies. <laughs> no, as far as I know, he's not in any MCU uh, movies. If you look very uh, closely. <laughs> <laughs> now, okay, um, I do want to make you, I think I asked you this last time. How do you feel about this being the first movie we go in depth discussing on a Nicholas Cage podcast? <laughs> I mean, to be fair, because after rewatching we it, after rewatching it, he has maybe three minutes of dialogue in the movie. That's not true. It does take him a full hour before he shows up. <laughs> he has the one. He has the one really good. The one really good joke where he's like, "I like just letting a match burn down towards my fingers to feel anything," and then he makes a little crying noise. He's like, Ugh. "Yeah," or or his fascination with the Rubik's cube. Yes, that's pretty good. Yeah. But I still want you to defend that, Clay. <laughs> I mean, it, it it makes sense, doesn't it? Like, of course, this is the movie that has the most mass appeal for Nick. Because he's barely in, in it. <laughs> no, no. It's just that, like, of course, this would be the thing. It's a it's a well liked uh, property. It's a very good version of that property. It's it's has a very distinct voice, which I think is a plus that that really resonated with people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good. You know, superhero movie. And superhero movies are, are big business. All right. Of course it would be into the Spider-Verse. And I mean it I look, to be fair, when we were discussing this idea of doing this insane project, um, I asked you, does this movie count? And you said yes. You did? I did. Okay. Yeah. Well yeah. then I'm to blame. <laughs> I would have fought for this movie even if you said no. It's just, I mean, uh, it, it, you know, it, here's, it, here's my thing. It's not a cameo. You can't argue that it's a cameo. No, he has he a is name. Very much, he is a, he is a, you know, he is a side character, but he does play a pretty prominent role. He's got some great moments in this, in this mm-hmm. movie. 
I, I'm not sad that this is the first movie, that this is his highest rated movie. I, that doesn't make I me sad. I just feel weird talking about it in terms of the Nicolas Cage of it all when it's not like sandwiched in the middle of our but, podcast. You know, here's the it's other the, it's the It's the maiden voyage, Clay. We're breaking the <laughs> bottle of champagne on it. <laughs> yeah. Again, I'm totally fine with it. Because you know what? It still is a very Nick Cage role. Remember what we talked about? Like his whole acting yes. thought process for this is very Nick Cage. Talking yes. about like, oh yeah, yeah, I emulated, you know, uh, Humphrey Bogart and, and, and you know, um, trying to think of who else was, uh, who else was like big film noir actors from that day. Um, uh, I'm, I'm totally blanking. Yeah, it's I, only Humphrey Bogart. All I know is Humphrey Bogart. <laughs> he was the only you know? one. Yeah. Anyway, so like that's very Nick Cage. Like Nick Cage approached this movie like he does every other Nick Cage movie with just he just swings for the fences like everything else. Mm. He's weird and he's and, and like kind of doesn't really fit in. And that's kind of the point, because like his character is supposed to be a version of Peter Parker from the 40s where everything's in black and white. Mm hmm. And, like, he's still in black and white, and when he shows up, he's in a basement, and there's still wind blowing his, his trench coat. Because he, he said, I bring the wind, and the wind smells yeah. like rain. So, it's great. I'm like, so sorry. I interrupted you, your plot synopsis. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we're having a real trouble. So, anyway, the movie starts off with, we meet Miles Morales. Of course, there's the, the intro the backstory for uh, for Peter Parker, which, like we said, is a little bit different than what you expect, but it hits all the high notes. Mm -hmm. And we meet we meet Miles Morales, who just at the start is just an ordinary kid who is getting to go to a really nice uh, charter school in in, in Brooklyn. Uh, I promise that I won't go into my rant against charter schools and and charter school lotteries. That that's not this podcast. That's not what this podcast is about. Anyway. Uh, his Clay, then we really a, wouldn't have time to talk about Nicolas Cage at all. I know, right? <laughs> we would run out of time about to, to talk about Nick Cage in our Nick Cage podcast <laughs> on the very on the first true episode. <laughs> <laughs> so he uh, he goes to this school. Um, he uh, he meets up with his his uncle Aaron, who his dad doesn't seem to like. We don't really know why at first. And he uh, he his uncle takes him to this place like out like you know past the subways in 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 New York. And he goes and he uh, he tags this wall and gets bitten by the spider by the the genetically engineered spider that will eventually give him powers. And I think what's kind of funny is it's so low key what happens. Like he just gets bit and he's just like oh well. He slaps it and it just like yeah, lazily dies. And I mean, I gotta be honest. If I got bit by a normal ass spider, I would have more emotions than Miles did by getting bit by a radioactive mm. spider. Now, Clay, let me ask. Yes. I because I did just watch the movie, but I just want to make sure. What are Miles's specific powers? Oh, okay. So he gets invisibility and the ability to shock people. Oh, just like spiders do. Yeah, just like spiders. I was gonna say. See, uh, I, I wanted to, yeah. I wanted to be sure to make fun of that because I have no idea why it was a spider. <laughs> Again, it's I don't know. It's something to do. It's something from the Ultimate Spider-Man comics. I don't know why he get that. He got that specific powers. Who knows? Well, I mean, I just, I just know my favorite kind of spider are the ones that shock and uh, go invisible. So. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, are you trying to bring logic into a, a comic book movie? Yes, every chance I get. I think that's I think that's your problem. That's your, that's your <laughs> right. Problem. 
All right. So from then, of course, uh, Peter Parker starts going through changes um, and, and definitely starts feeling more like a comic book main character. I think it was kind of funny that, like, he starts getting an internal monologue that then starts sometimes popping up as, like, thought bubbles next to his head. You know, I thought that was kind of fun. The creativity of how they bring in different um, modes of information from, like, you know, the comic book aesthetic is really one of the more interesting parts of the movie to me. Oh, yeah. I, I, I find that stuff pretty cool. Yeah, no, it's 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 really good. Yeah. Um, the art style is great, especially since, like, it, it kind of uh, it emulates the... Uh, the style of, of comic book inking, you know, uh, and coloring where it's like mm-hmm. a lot of times it's just like a bunch of dots. In Anytime a bright light shines yeah. directly at the, you know, quote unquote camera, you get like all the dots in it and everything. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a really cool aesthetic. So, of course, Miles Morales starts, you know, figuring out that he has has these weird powers. He doesn't know how to control them. He finds a Spider-Man comic because apparently in the Spider-Man universe, there's comics about Spider-Man, which seems weird. Seems like a weird choice, but I, I don't know. We do see that this version of Peter Parker is very much into merchandising, so, you know, right. I guess. Right. And so he kind of he realizes that his experiences are paralleling the, uh, this, the early experience of Peter This Parker. version of Spider-Man is like Bruce Wayne. His, his aunt is like a freaking like genius, and he has an entire... <laughs> he, has a, he has a more high-tech... Like laboratory under the earth than like the Bat Cave. It's kind of yeah. like, crazy. Yeah, Kid- which we're 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 getting way ahead of ourselves. Okay, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, so at this point, Miles Morales goes back to the place where he uh, was bitten by the spider. Kind of realizes something's up, and at that point, uh, he overhears a fight happening between the current Spider-Man, played by uh, Chris Penn, who I thought was he was fun. Chris Pine. Or Chris Pine. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Chris, I'm gonna have to yeah. go back. Yeah. Played by Chris Pine. Uh yeah, Chris Pitt. Is it Chris Pitt the the fat guy from uh, <laughs> yes. Reservoir yes. Dogs? I, yeah. <laughs> I, I I shouldn't have corrected you actually. I should have just let you say uh, Chris Pitt. No, wait to be looking out for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh well, too bad. I'm not gonna be able to edit that out. <laughs> yeah, you guys I, I, over I'm there. Just... Yeah, I'm uh, I'm Spider Man over here. I actually can't remember if that's what he sounds like. <laughs> Stop pointing that gun at my Uncle Ben! <laughs> I missed the part where that's my problem. I don't remember if that's what he sounds like at all. I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, uh, yeah, so I, I worked really hard to not get people's names wrong the first episode and not sound like a moron. And here I go, the first, like, name dr- <laughs> but I'm just like, yeah, totally wrong person. <laughs> you nailed All everyone right. else. Chris Pine, you <laughs> yeah, forgot. Yeah, Chris Pine. <laughs> Listen, I, all I have to say is he's not the best Hollywood Chris. That's my uh, that's my stance. That's why I got it wrong. Okay, hold on. Let's uh, rank the Chris's. Oh, God. Are we going to do this? Hit, Hemsworth, the Chris, the... Pine, Penn, Plummer. <laughs> Christopher Plummer. Hold, hold on. Who's the best Chris then? <laughs> Well, okay, so, like, the joke... Well, I don't know if it's a joke, but, like, the meme is is the the, the four Hollywood Chrises are Chris Hemsworth, Chris uh, Pine... Um, fuck, I'm blanking out on his name. Who's Captain America again? Uh, Evans. Chris Evans. Yeah, Chris Evans. And because for some reason people have to have four, they put Chris Pratt in there. No, okay, there's so many better than all of these. Okay, 
I, Look, I know, but it's number, like the no, idea okay, is I that wanna, they're like... I want to throw some contenders in there. Chris <laughs> Nolan, okay? Don't, no. Chris Bale, all right? Chris Columbus. He's Christian Bale. He doesn't even go by Chris. Chris Columbus, director of Home Alone. <laughs> producer of The Lighthouse. Chris Pratt, another Chris in The Avengers. Christopher Plummer. Uh, my personal favorite, probably, Christopher Lee. Uh, yeah. Uh, Chris Cooper. Christopher Lloyd, and I think the best one oh. is uh, the dog from Beethoven and Beethoven's second name was Chris. <laughs> Obviously, the so you the need Chris to you Beethoven need to take this Beethoven. meme. You need to take this meme. Just add a fifth little square with the dog <laughs> with the yeah, Saint Bernard, yeah, yeah, yeah. and we'll all know who the best one is. So okay, out of the four, who's the best Chris? Out of the four, I think it's Chris Evans. Oh, easily. he's charismatic. He's 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 America's ass. All right, mm-hmm. and um, he's also like no. A decent, our president like a decent is America's dude. ass, Clay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm too quick for you. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Chris Pine, <laughs> Chris Pine, Chris Pine is fighting uh, Green Goblin and Kingpin. A pretty wicked looking uh, Green Goblin. Oh yeah, as I said, uh, Green Goblin, the Ultimate Comic Book Series, is a, just a giant monster dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have basically what's going on is Kingpin is trying to open up a a black hole underneath the uh, underneath uh, New York. We don't know for what purpose at this point. Right. Uh, I want things go wrong. I want to get into that when we get to that point. Right, right, right. Things go wrong, and uh, the whole like. Um, apparatus comes crashing down on top of everybody. Chris Pine Spider-Man gets crushed uh, by some large, you know, thing. metal girders or things or stones or ceiling tiles. I don't know. He gets crushed and, uh, by the plot. Yeah, he, he basically gets a bridge dropped on him. <laughs> All right. Right. Miles Morales goes up to try to help him, and, and Spider-Man, the, the current Spider-Man realizes he can't be helped, that he's dying, that he's done for. So he gives... Uh, Miles Morales, the, the the device that he needs to shut down the big black hole making machine, the thing for good. Right, exactly. Destroy the whole thing so like it completely stops working. Which I don't know. It seems kind of. Um, it's definitely an exhaust port for sure. Yeah, isn't that isn't that um, the thing that they shoot in the Star Wars? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's. At least with that, like, there's the whole idea of um, it's going to blow up the Death Star. This, it just kind of comes across a, like, oh, it's just going to shut down the internals. Like, like, like or something. It's going to, like, ruin the programming or something. Far be just, it like, for me to try and defend this movie because I'm, <laughs> I'm the one who doesn't like it as much as you. From what I understood, there was, like, a virus on the thumb drive or something. Yeah, but it still feels like that'd be something that's easily fixable. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, and, uh, you know, honestly, honestly, I haven't thought about that until just now. Oh, there is a lot of questions I have about the plot that, to be honest, I may have just missed the explanation. But I want to just get some things uh, straight. Yeah. So, okay, so Kingpin kills Spider-Man. By punching him, I think? Yeah, just, like, just, just... Double fisting. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not. Whoa, Clay, what version of the movie did you watch? You watched the sexy version. Oh, God, I just realized I watched the porn version of Into the Spider-Verse. 
<laughs> and it's like the same level of anime. It's like the same quality. Yeah, it of animation. still looks amazing. It's beautiful. It's just yeah. All right, moving on. <laughs> so Kingpin just rains hammer fist blows down on. Uh, he he fists that- he fists Peter Parker until he's dead <laughs> in his face. Which I mean, do you see how big his fists are? I mean. Do you see how big? Yeah. All, okay, I was gonna wait till later. <laughs> the the kingpin design, I cannot design. I, I cannot decide if I really like it or if it's the stupidest character design I've ever seen in my life. I love it. I very, I think I kind of do too. Yeah. Yeah, it's very um, stylistic in a, in a way that's a lot of fun. It's just very strange uh. because for the most part. Everyone in th- that world is relatively like believable, and then it's funny. Right. It's funny when the pig shows up and he's a talking pig. Yeah, I would never be surprised by a talking pig in a universe where a guy who looks like Kingpin exists, who is right. literally like. Imagine what that guy looks like without his suit on. It's like if he's... the anime, or it's like if the concept artist had heard the term, uh, had heard the expression for the first time, uh, built like a brick shit house, and was just like, "Oh, that's literally <laughs> right." Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just a big square. He's a wall. He is a wall with a head in the middle of it. (laughs) And I think I, I think I like it. Yeah, I love it too. It's great, but yeah, no. Everybody else looks like a person, like a regular. I'm not gonna lie. I like it, but every time he's on screen, I get a little mad, and I don't know why. (laughs) I get it though. Yeah. All right, so Spider-Man is dead, revealed to be Peter Parker. The city mourns their Spider-Man dying. P- uh, Miles Morales buys a, uh, a a Spider-Man costume that he will then wear throughout the rest of the movie for the most part. Mm-hmm. So he gets that really awesome and, one. Right. As he's like trying to figure out what he's supposed to do, he's he's like at the, the, the burial site for Peter Parker. At that point, he gets basically just steamrolled by... Uh, a very a very angry and a very confused uh Peter B Parker. Yes. Uh who we find out from his uh we find out from his uh his origin is Jewish. Which I Jewish, uh, isn't, isn't that what the original concept of Peter Parker was? Was Spider-Man originally Jewish? I want to say he was, but I I you know again, I speak with no authority on this. I I don't yeah. know for sure. I mean he for sure was created by Jewish people, so it's it's not yes you know outs. But then again, I don't know because uh, I mean, are a lot of the their early creators? I don't think a lot of their early creations are Jewish, by you know in in the stories. Because like, look, let's be honest. Uh, this country has had a real problem with anti-Semitism for a very long time. What are you talking about, Clay? Uh. <laughs> look, I'm not ready to hear a German talk to me about anti-Semitism. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, <laughs> and moving on <laughs> yeah <laughs> god damn it Aiden. you're getting mad at me <laughs> all right so at the graveyard uh trying to pay respects and 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 you know trying to Figure out what he needs to do next at the at the gravesite of uh, Peter Parker of his universe. Uh, Miles comes in contact with Jake Johnson, dad bot Spider-Man, uh, who is not too keen on taking the young Morales under his wing. He uh, 
just is not into it whatsoever. You have something to say, Hayden? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want to do it. No, he doesn't. Uh, <laughs> it's at this point that uh, Miles realizes that he broke the little USB drive. The, the As Jake Johnson, Spider-Man, puts it, the goober. He breaks the goober. Right. Uh, and they have to get, uh, they have to go to the lab to get it fixed. This is where we will find out that uh, we find out the the identity of Doc Ock, who we've already we've already discussed briefly uh, earlier in the pod. It was great. It we was- also we also are not reintroduced, but uh, a character named quote unquote Wanda uh, reappears. <laughs> right. The, uh, the young woman who unfortunately ran afoul of Miles Morales as he was first learning about his powers and had like half of her hair ripped off her head. Um, we find she out just get that-, that cool little handprint. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We find out that she's actually, uh, she's spider woman, uh, who's sometimes in her comic book series known as spider Gwen and that she is also yes. a spider person from another dimension. Yes. So, um, after retrieving uh, a computer from the lab that they'll be able to make a new goober from, they go to the home of, I totally forgot, uh, Peter Parker's aunt's name. Aunt May. OG, OG, yeah, OG Peter Parker's Aunt May. They go to o- uh, OG Peter Parker's Aunt May and find out that there are also other spider people from other dimensions. This is where we meet, of course, uh, Penny Parker. <coughs> uh, we meet... Uh, Peter Porker, Spider-Ham, and of course... And the man of the hour. Peter Parker. The man of many hours. Peter Parker, uh, Spider-Man Noir. Yes. Played by... Played by Nick Cage. The man, the legend, Nicolas Cage. Yes. All right. Uh, And so it's taken us. It's taken not only the movie, but also us a whole hour to get to Nick Cage in this movie. <laughs> I, I want to say between the intro episode and this one, I feel like we've talked about Nick Cage about as much as his screen time, his total screen time in this movie. That is fair. That's a fair point. I'm, <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Um, <laughs> this whole podcast that's technically supposed to be about Nick Cage, we've barely talked about Nick Cage. So uh, it's at this point that uh, Miles starts having doubts about himself as Spider-Man. Um he doesn't really have full control of his powers, and so he he, he basically gets jumped in by the other spider people. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and he kind of goes off trying to, uh, you know, figure out his place. Uh, he tries to go back to his Uncle Aaron for advice, but oh no, Hayden, it turns out his Uncle Aaron is actually the supervillain, the Prowler, who is one of the people... Now, I have... Here's one of my plot questions. Okay. Why is Aaron the Prowler? Uh, because uh, Aaron is a is a is a thief in the Ultimate Spider-Man comics. Like this is this is actually pretty well lines up with the original character. Okay, I was just wondering, did because the dad and the uncle had a falling out a while back. Yeah, I think the implication is from what I know about the character. Um, which I'm going to get back into this character for a bit because there's some, there's some buck wild shit going on with Spider-Man, uh, with Miles Morales' dad. Um, my understanding is that in the original um, stories, the original comics, they were both kind of kids in a bad neighborhood who 
were kind of part of a small time neighborhood gang and Aaron mm-hmm. kind of stayed with the with the life of being a, being a gang member being a becomes a thief and becomes a, a minor supervillain known as the Prowler. Um, Spider-Man Miles Morales's dad uh, becomes an undercover agent for Shield uh, and is recruited by uh, Nick uh, Nick Fury in the Ultimate Spider-Man comics book series. Now. Hmm. In the movie and other portrayals of Miles Morales and his father, Jefferson Davis, um, he's sometimes portrayed as a cop. Uh, I think the Spider-Man video game, as well as the uh, Sp- this movie, portrays uh, him as a cop, just straight up. Which Do they ever explain why he is named Jefferson Davis? I was going to get to that. That was Were his, uh, were his, were his parents uh, real big fans of, uh, you know, just... <laughs> anything in particular <laughs> yeah it's i was thinking about that it took me several viewings to put that together but i was as i was watching it the last time or no i take the back it was before i watched it but it was as i was like doing some research for the podcast and whatnot and kind of getting my thoughts together about the background of miles morales i did kind of realize that like wait a second um what what family <laughs> he's named would... after the he's named after the president of the confederacy yeah what? that's a bit weird very and, strange. And look, I'm not gonna get too far into that because, listen, we're we're two white guys. Um, well, and we have a lot more to talk about in that. I really genuinely like <clears throat> the father and the son's relationship yes. in oh, the movie. It's great. It, it really um, is great. It, it's just such a shame that his dad is a bastard. <laughs> right. That's the other thing I want to talk about. That is kind of fucked up. That. That Miles Morales' dad is a cop, and and now two very huge major uh, adaptations of the character. He's a cop. now. I have look. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I as far as like portrayals of you know the stere- like the the good cop you know role right. in movies, I I don't really have strong opinions about that in movies, right? Because it. It's like a like whenever I watch Fargo season two, that character is a fantasy character. Right, like that yeah, that yeah, is yeah. that is someone who's stepped out of like a storybook. Right, they yeah, they yeah, don't yeah, exist. Yeah. They don't exist. So no. so like I I still am able to, you know, understand take my, that all uh, cops are bastards, <clears throat> and that right to an extent the sad truth is that people like Jefferson Davis in the Spider Man movie uh, is basically cop propaganda at worst and like as we would say is kind of a ideal like this is what you would wish your cops would be like and and right i i don't see it as i don't see it as big of a problem as like say brooklyn 99 because that entire show is a cast of cops and they're all you know jovial and like oh right. like the captain but, you know, is black and gay out, and they do fucked up shit sometimes too like there's plenty of times where those characters abuse their powers and as cops and come out on top. And don't get me wrong. Well, this is why I don't speak on anything with authority because I've never seen one episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> I like it. It's funny. I like Adam's... Uh, no. I like Andy Samberg. I'm sorry. I saw the... I saw the... There's a Whitest Kids You Know sketch that's making fun of... Um, of Saturday Night Live, and they make fun of Andy Samberg and Adam Sandler having similar sounding names. So that's why right. I just fucked that one up. Yeah. Um, but um, 
Andy Samberg's funny in it. Uh, I love the guy who plays the captain, he, uh, Andre Brar. Yeah, he's he's fan. He's, he's great. Fantastic in that show. Uh, Rose is great. Uh, played by uh, Stephanie Beatrice. She's great. I love that her dad I'm is... so sorry uh, I've derailed us yet, yet again, again because of a stupid joke. <laughs> anyway, we are way off track. <laughs> as far as I know, Nick Cage has never been in an episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, so I don't know why we're talking about it. Because I made a stupid joke. Yeah, you did make a stupid joke. Um, I will I do want to say, while we're talking about uh, Miles Morales' dad, Jefferson Davis, I do want to say like the one thing that I really liked. <laughs> Jefferson Davis. Um, I liked how, like, whenever he took him to school, like... He embarrassed him by, you know, saying over like his loudspeaker, you know, I love you. And he's like, you got to say it back Mm -hmm. and and all that. And it's like, it's cute, like, you know, affectionate dad shit. And I get, I get, I get, I got a soft spot for cute, affectionate dad shit. Cause like, oh, I do too. I do too. The entire scene later, you know, not to spoil anything or skip too far ahead, but the scene where he's telling having a heart to heart. Yeah. I'm sorry. Where he's talking about what happened. Yeah. We're. Yes, yeah, where yeah, he's yeah. having a heart-to-heart with his son, Through and his door. son physically cannot answer back. Yeah. That was a great scene. And he's like, yeah, he tells him, he's like, he's like, he, he thinks that the reason why Miles isn't speaking to him is because he's mad at him for some reason. And right. we know that, you know, the, the ironic, uh, the, the, the dramatic irony of it is that we know that Spider-Man has been tied up by the other Spider-People so that he can't follow them and possibly risk his life and, and die to help uh, them mm-hmm. get home. Um Right. He he his dad is talking to him and is is just having this one sided conversation outside his dorm room door, and at the very end he says I love you, and he follows it up with but you don't have to say it back. And that oh my god I didn't catch that parallel until the most recent time I watched this this movie, and oh my god I almost broke down and cried because it was so beautiful, like that. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, that one that really got me, and it was like. If it wasn't for the fact that I like watched it like at midnight, I would have probably like text my dad just be like, "Dad, I, dad, I love you," because <laughs> that's what He's always like, happens. Anytime I see something like that, uh, that's like yeah. you know, like I said, cute, affectionate dad shit. I'm just like, I need to tell my dad I love him. <laughs> I, I do the same yeah, exact yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so we've kind of jumped ahead. We missed the. We kind of skipped over the fight scene that happens uh, at Aunt May's house, and it gets trashed by. All of the supervillains at once. Miles tries to make a break for it and is stopped by the Prowler. And it's at that point that Aaron, the Prowler, realizes that the new Spider-Man is his nephew, Miles. He tries to spare his life, but unfortunately is shot in the back by Kingpin. Who, God damn it, Kingpin. What a way to be a fucking prick. <laughs> yeah, and you know, for a big... Brick shit house. He moves yeah, so he's, silently. Yeah, he's a very stealthy individual. And swiftly, like, he's got reflexes like a cat. Oh, he is. That man could never no, fit no, in the house. Couldn't. I just want. That's why yeah. he sat in the car during this entire fight scene. So it's at this point that uh, Aaron dies. He has like a little heart to heart with with uh, with Miles as he's as he's dying from his wounds. Um, you know. We have the heart to heart between Jefferson and, and and Miles again. What's his name? Oh God! <clears throat> between Officer Jefferson Davis and Jefferson Davis of the PDNY, <laughs> which also okay. <laughs> can we talk about that for a second? Did you catch all of the? Yeah, weird, it, uh, I didn't notice the, weird, it the first like differences I in this universe because it's not. I think what's funny is yeah, Red X and. and, and uh, um, yeah. Oh, did you notice that in in Miles' room he Miles' room he has a uh, 
He has a Chance the Rapper coloring book poster, but it's got a four on the hat instead of three. No, I didn't. Or like in Times Square, there's a bunch of weird like Seth Rogen movies. <laughs> there was there was a different kind of cola. I can't yeah. remember what it was called. But, but the yeah. one that, i got to be honest, the one that really messed me up the most was the PDNY. And yeah, that one so just seemed kind of arbitrary. Why? Like that was one that was kind of like you know you could have left it the same. There's a reason why you know they would go by the NYPD. I don't know. I guess in this in this uh, universe, do they say we're from the police department of New York? Is that how it works? Well, maybe everything that we say beforehand is now afterhand. So in their universe, Jefferson Davis was actually Davis <laughs> Jefferson. <laughs> That's why it's okay. So maybe, yeah, maybe it isn't okay, offensive. Okay, so that's it. That's, yeah, we, it's not offensive we solved, at all. We solved racism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two white guys solved racism. Well, at least in, at least in this yeah, yeah, small yeah, yeah, case. Yeah, yeah. No, okay. Uh, I didn't get to finish what I was saying about that, just that we brought it back up again. Uh, again, we are two white guys. Uh, we are definitely not the authorities on this. There's There are some good articles about out there talking about um, the history of Miles Morales as a character and discusses kind of the fucked up nature of naming the father of your character, your, your, a major African-American, you know, character after the fucking president of the Confederacy. There are way smarter people who uh, have talked about this. Uh, and you know what? Honestly, I'll probably even get put a link in the uh, in the in the description because I think it's a thing that's worth discussing. Well, and did what? you catch did you catch the name of his grandpa? <laughs> oh, God. David Duke. <laughs> Did you see that? His, David Duke was. Uh, yeah. Also. But in this universe, right, it would have right, been right. Duke David. So uh, it's fine. I did think it was kind of funny. It's funny that his character. Because like in the, in the. As I said, in the original comics. Uh, because of Jefferson Davis's past. Being kind of murky. Where he, you know. Um, you know, being kind of a president right. of the Confederacy. Uh, being a. a a spy working in gangs in and criminal enterprises for uh, Shield and whatnot. Uh, he basically goes into hiding at some point and and takes on his wife's uh, name of last name of Morales, and that's how we get Miles Morales. But if Miles was named after his dad's side of the family, he would be Miles Davis. <laughs> <laughs> This movie's strange. No, it's not. Hey, if you hey, think hey, about hey. it that's too not long. the movie's fault. That's uh, that is very much the comics' fault. I, I'm sure. I am sure that all of the white ah. people writing this character thought they were so clever that, like, oh, we almost named our character Miles Davis. I'm sure they thought that was super funny. <laughs> but instead, we named his dad yeah. Jefferson Davis. Who? God, if you're gonna do that, if you're gonna do that, why not name the dad Miles Davis and then like Miles Morales could have been named after his dad. I God damn. I don't know. It's very yeah. it's very strange. Again, smarter people than us have talked about this already. Um, so we're gonna move on from it. Now this is the point. Okay. I I promise I won't I bring don't it back up. You. <laughs> um, okay, so this is the point where Miles Morales finally like kind of. Uh, finally realizes what's at stake and kind of becomes comes into his own powers. He's able to escape uh, being tied up by the other spider people and uh, goes back to Aunt May's uh, home. 
who is already waiting for him and helps him create a new costume uh, so he can truly become Spider-Man. And honestly, Hayden, I I can't be Mm -hmm. the only one who feels this way. This is the best sequence in the movie, right? When he, the montage of him suiting up and like, and then jumping off the side of the building. And there's that shot where he's like falling up. It is awesome. Like it, it makes me a little mad that, I didn't like. It's the one moment in the movie where I'm a little mad that I didn't see this in oh, theaters because oh, that would have been yeah, no, it's like uh, awesome in theaters and you know what? Honestly, at home, it's still awesome. Like it's the best. I am a little put off, and this is not a movie or this is not a problem specifically with this movie. Just in movies mm-hmm. in general nowadays, his uncle dies like in his arms, and he goes back home and is immediately told to get over it. Like not in uh, so yeah. many words, but they're like we've been there, and then and then a joke happens, and then he's there's like the great scene with the dad, admittedly, but then he bursts out of the chair and is just immediately like I don't know a master of his domain. <laughs> no, that's not the right that's not the right term for it. He's like you know he he has become Spider Man. And yet, um, I'm not trying to make like a stupid Ray Skywalker argument where it's like, oh, she didn't. There wasn't 30 minutes of training, and she's just good at everything. It did feel very abrupt, though, that he just burst out of a chair, and that was the leap of faith that they were talking about. That that rang a little weird for me. But that being said, it's followed with a montage yeah. that's really cool. And then, like, him falling right side up, but upside down. It, and then, like, it, you know, it swoops by and you see the city and everything. It's really I do like, have to stunning. say, Hayden, I, I didn't think it was possible, but I want to I talk about this. I've seen the worst take about this sequence. Oh, it's, it's phenomenal. Now, first off, I want to say, I want to say, I love everything about this scene. Um, and I, I, I'm not going to lie. I will absolutely jam the fuck out of uh, What's Up Danger because of this sequence. I thought that song was great mm-hmm. and was it was it was a great part of um, the the sequence. I thought it really fit because I mean it, again it this movie has a voice that it uses music very well. Um, you know before there, there of course there's mm-hmm. Sunflower which is the song that was recorded for the movie that was kind of supposed to be like hey what what would a hit song from this universe sound like? So they got you know, post Malone, and I think uh, I think I read somewhere that's like one half of um, of uh, Race Rimmerd is is doing the other half of the song. Um, I mm-hmm. one of my favorite se- my other favorite sequence in this is uh, when he goes first to go see Uncle Aaron, and um, he uh, he's uh, Uncle Aaron is listening to Hypnotized by Biggie Smalls. Like that sequence is fucking great. Mm-hmm. There's so many great songs in this in this uh, soundtrack. Um, and like I said, the what's up danger sequence is, I think one of the best, like it is beautiful, but I have found someone mm. on Twitter. Cause of course it would be on Twitter. Cause Twitter is just a garbage fire of a website. Uh, but someone said, and I don't have their name because the person who, who I saw tweet retweet this, they, uh, they cropped out the person's name cause they didn't want that person to be dogpiled, which yeah, even if a person's bad and terrible, don't go harassing them that's not cool like we should be better 
Uh, but they say the leap of faith scene in Spider-Verse could have been the best scene in the movie if the music choice wasn't so awkward and out of place. Orchestral music would have worked so much better here. Um, my dude, the fuck? The fuck? <laughs> For real. Like, because here's two things. First off, just say that you don't like rap music and i.e. you don't like black people. Because, like... Come on, this is a movie that uses a lot of rap music. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. It is possible this person did not like rap music, but likes uh, the rest of the movie. Miles Morales is black, or yeah. at least half black. I mean, but like the thing is... And he liked the rest of the movie, he just didn't like that scene. Here's the thing, though. Like, there's so many... Why I am defending this person is because I am the one who made that comment. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I did the podcast here. <laughs> It'd just be over. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no. I mean, I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a big stretch because like, you know what? I was the person who uh, I was, I'll admit it. I was the person who at one point was like, Oh, I don't like rap music. And I kind of realized that that was part of my own prejudice prejudices. Um, and mm. I got over it because, like, it turns out there's a lot of rap music that's very different and varied. And, and, like, rap music is a huge genre with a lot of different elements to it. Like, just because you don't like one aspect of rap or one type of, like, quote-unquote hip-hop music, there's something out there that you probably would like. Here's the other reason why this take right. is the worst take ever. Well, hold on. I want to comment that? on that. Just because he's saying he doesn't like this song isn't he isn't saying he doesn't like all of rap. Uh, the the impl there's an implication. And I think you I think you are I think you are bring well I, an implication is impl is an implication. And I think you're bringing some personal stuff to this because I think it's possible for someone to just not like well okay not okay if we're talking generally then yes you're correct if they're just like i hate all of rap how many rap songs have you heard none i hate yeah. all of it <laughs> you know then yes i i agree with you but if they're saying they don't like the one song i i, I wouldn't don't, but see it's the, it's the fact that the guy says or i say guy i'm being i'm being a little reductionist the person or if the per okay so it's the fact that the person was like an right. orchestral and like, song that's very coded so as better. white people music <laughs> yeah, oh, I mean, <laughs> not wrong. So anyway, here's the part that makes this the worst take ever. Because you're right. No, I th I think it would. I think if he was like a folk song, would have worked so much. Better. <laughs> what they needed to use was Mumford and Sons. <laughs> what they needed to use was Inya. <laughs> you're right. That might be the whitest people music ever uh no so here's the part that makes it the worst take because it's not just that he doesn't like the song what's up danger which again i think he's objectively wrong uh oh clay you are you can you can complain about anyone that you want to I'm i know just i know you are added. i know you are i know you um yeah <laughs> i complain about yeah. way stupider <laughs> but here's the part that i think makes it the worst take because it's not just that he doesn't like the the song that Okay. It's the fact that if you listen closely, the orchestral theme is playing behind <laughs> What's Up Danger. The, mm -hmm. the scene has orchestral music in it, my dude. <laughs> like <laughs> he's 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 yeah. just missing it, dude. He's just he's dumb. Just it's the it. worst take ever. Like, seriously. 
Um, I hope I, I kind of hope the person who said this listens to it. Come at me. Come at me. I don't care. You were you're it's the worst take. It's really stupid. It's a bad take. I'm I'm uh-huh. willing to go on record to say that. Uh-huh. It's a bad take. Uh-huh. But yeah. Fun times. Anyway, <clears throat> moving on. So we get the big climactic fight scene and this is kind of the point where we really feel, realize what uh Kingpin is after. He's trying This is the point at which I check out because every movie nowadays is 10 people fighting like uh, a whole. Hey, this is definitely the least egregious version of that. <laughs> like this is probably and No, no, no. It no, you're right. It is. It's just the fact that in every movie I or in every like blockbuster movie, it it feels like but the I actually, same I thing. I disagree though because you know? I feel like in this one at least like instead of it being like a big free for all melee, it does feel like a couple of the characters kind of team up with one another and take on a solo villain. But and they get like sure. they get their moment together, but it's not like it's just a big. But that's like Shaz- I mean, that's like Shazam. I mean, it. It. I'm just saying. While it's not a free for all, while it's not just them facing an army of like faceless aliens right. or whatever, it it's still like ten people fighting something while a fa- while like oh you gotta get right. the thing to it's make a, the thing make the dimensions it's a comic do the book thing movie, and I I know. Here. But this is kind of one of the reasons why I'm well, just tired of it. I think this is, like, them, does, you know? is the best version of a comic book movie climax. Why can't they just end with them having dinner? Why can't the climax of the movie just be them... Um, That's not a climax, know. Hayden. I don't know. I've got... <laughs> yeah, cl- clearly because I can't right. think of anything like, else that could happen. So you're right. Like, you're right. It has to. Like, that's what it's building up you're to. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I eat my words. It's great. It's a great movie. Five out of five. No. Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. So I want to say the Kingpin thing. Here it is revealed why Kingpin wants to, uh, like, kind of, I guess, dive into these alternate Uh realities. He, I don't know how he plans on doing it, but he wants to reach into them and get his family back because in this dimension, he and Peter Parker, OG Peter Parker were having a domestic dispute in his house (laughs) where Peter Parker, I guess broke into and they were just fist fighting in his house. I cannot get over this in Kingpin's house where he lives with his wife and child and the wife and child walk in and it's almost like it's not it's played like he's having yeah. an affair. Like they walk in and she covers the kid's eyes. She's like, oh, don't look, little Johnny. Little Johnny's like, what's dad doing? And he's like, and she's like, we're leaving. And he goes, Grace or whatever her name is. Grace Kingpin. <laughs> and she jumps in their Escalade or whatever the car it was. Home, just for the folks at and, home. It's, uh, it's, it's Vanessa. Vanessa. Oh, Vanessa. Okay. I, Vanessa and little Johnny. <laughs> And I, I, <laughs> Vanessa and I Kingpin Jr. Jump is. in the. I'm, I'm definitely not a, up right now. Actually, that's definitely I, not what's happening. Right. Um, they they jump in their car and are immediately hit by like an eighteen wheeler, uh, and they die. 
and I guess Peter goes, oops, sorry, man, and just leaves. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because then Kingpin curses the sky, and that's why he hates Spider-Man. Uh, because while he was punching Spider-Man in the face, his wife didn't like it, and she got hit by a car. Clay, explain to me why. What happened in this scene? Um, so I think the implication <laughs> why was is it like to be this? this is like the point where Vanessa Fisk realized that her her husband... Um, which I, I don't even remember. What is Kingpin's actual first name? Is it King? <laughs> oh, it's or no, I'm sorry. In this universe, it's Pin. <laughs> it's Wilson. Wilson Fisk. I knew it was a W. Right. So she, I think that's kind of the implication is that she realizes that her husband is a crime boss. Like, why else would he be fighting Spider-Man? Because, I mean, you know what? In... In this universe, it seems that J. Jonah Jameson doesn't exist because everybody loves Spider-Man. Like it's it's treated as it's Everyone treated as weird. The whole city that uh, Miles Morales' dad, who is a cop, it's treated as weird that he doesn't like Spider-Man. So like apparently right. J. Jonah Davis, uh, yeah, J. Jonah Jameson doesn't exist in this universe to throw out that uh, anti-Spider-Man uh, propaganda. Yeah. Right. Anyway, so that I, that's the feeling I got from it. I mean, here's the problem I have with it. He's trying to reach into other dimensions to get his wife and son back. So he's, in a sense, trying to steal the wife and son from another kingpin. Like, yes, <laughs> he's yeah. just creating. So, like, I would love to see I would love to see him succeed. And then the sequel to this would be. Other kingpin yeah. coming in to get his <laughs> he family. He just back. creates. So it'd just be just taken, but with kingpin. kingpin trying to steal uh, his wife and son again. Maybe, maybe he was trying to find an alternate dimension where he could like find a kingpin that had died, and he can just like swoop in. I mean, that's we're getting but, off the road. But like, what? What is the? Yeah, what is the? What but, yeah, is the, the plan? Because here? I remember. I, well, yeah. how does it work? He's like, they're opening a portal, but, like, it's so strange. How does he plan to find them yeah, and bring and then, them back? And then, of course, like, there's and the I, fact that it turns out that when you bring someone from another dimension that they're unstable and they're, like, mo- their molecules, like, want to, like... They glitch yeah, they and fade. To, like, just explode away from each other at some point. So, like, it's temporary at best. Like, all he could, all he could do would be to, like, say goodbye to them properly and then watch them as their like molecules burst apart hmm. clay i think kingpin's kind of <laughs> stupid yeah you know a lot of a lot of um, marvel villains are kind of dumb like they're they're portrayed as geniuses and whatnot because they do all these crazy over-the-top you know things but truth is they, they they're kind of dumb the plot of this movie clay oh come make on, a lot of sense look <laughs> Oh come on! Leave it alone. (laughs) No, it's it's he. It's the thing. He's he's trying to do the thing that's gonna be bad. The bad guys gonna be bad. You know. So okay. So we have this really cool fight scene. I think the best part of it is whenever like there's this there's this part where they start saying how like all their dimensions are like popping out of the portal all at once, and you see like all these like skyscrapers and and subway cars and and trucks and vehicles and things start flying out and the colors get uh like kind of uh real oversaturated and and you know there's not a lot of details it's really cool looking it's very vibrant and and real pretty looking 
and there's some funny bits that happen. Um, you know, like I think it's kind of funny that uh, uh, it's um, if I remember correctly, it's it's uh, Olivia Oct- Octavius gets taken out by just a random eighteen uh, 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 wheeler, right? <laughs> yeah, like yes, <laughs> maybe the same eighteen wheeler that took so. out Kingpin. Probably. Family. I mean, that would be uh, that'd be somewhat karmic justice i guess i don't know irony i don't know <laughs> i don't know uh, it'd be it a callback call for, sure. for sure um and there's some really great moments you know uh miles kind of helps save the day he he rescues spider gwen from getting uh from getting taken out at one point um unfortunately penny parker who we haven't really talked a whole lot about um her little robot friend gets destroyed but thankfully the the radioactive spider that she has a psychic link with is still alive so she'll be able to make a new robot that she can fight with and it's going to be fine well the the problem with the side character is is even gwen stacy is that they all just want to go back and the there's not there's not more but i mean you know what simple plots are not bad and simple motivation no no no. i'm not saying that's i did just say it I did just say it was a problem. Uh, I didn't mean that necessarily. It that's just yeah, that's what yeah why yeah. we haven't Which, been talking can I talk about, about Penny Parker for a second because I saw some people point this out. The character in the comics sure. is supposed to be like half Asian, I think. Maybe may, maybe not half Asian, but it like is supposed to be so, like have some be some like, a a Asian person. Okay, and. I thought she was. I think it's like I think because like she's a Parker character. I think she's half Asian. I don't remember exactly. But point is, she's Asian, right? And in the comics, in the comics, she's (laughs) just drawn like any other Marvel character. She's just her her character design is just random normal Marvel comic books. In this, they made her anime for no reason. I see. I thought that's I what thought she was, was in the too, comics until people pointed out, "Hey, why is the one Asian person? Why is her style anime whenever the character's not originally anime in the comics she's from?" Well, Clay. Well, Clay. It's because dummies like me see an anime character, and I went, "Oh, she's Asian." <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's still like again. I guess, I guess she's. I guess she's it's Asian. Still like another problem with this movie that. And how it handles certain characters and whatnot. Now, I will say, while being problematic because it's just like, you know, it's just it's just kind of. Well, while being problematic, it does add an interesting. Um, it adds an interesting new like flair yeah, to the animation. Yeah, I get that because like because it because it's it's different styles of animation yeah, for I each know. of the I three. Get that non care or characters I, yeah i think that's kind of what we can take away from it is it is problematic the problem the problem is yeah the, the problem the i guess would be movie. i guess if she was the only well non like if she was the only character that wasn't drawn and or animated in the same way as the rest of the movie it'd be a lot worse but like but then again i don't mm-hmm. no i don't i, I actually i kind of disagree because like Gwen, uh, Spider Gwen and Peter B. Parker are like just treated as, oh, yeah, they're just, you know, normal well, no, people. Right. No, that's what that's why I was saying. That's why I was saying it's the three kind yeah, of joke characters. It's like it's like super goofy cartoon and then Peter Spider-Man Parker. Noir. Then it's 
and then anime Spider-Man Noir, played by the Man of the Hour. Yeah. Well, hey, Nicholas look, we Cage. finally got another reference back and then to Nicolas Cage. The anime one. Yeah, and then the anime one that has like a yeah, robot dad or something. It's not great. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I I don't know why she's in the movie at all. Like, and to the extent I don't really know why Neo or or why Spider-Man Noir or uh, the Spider Ham are also in it because um, um, I think it's because like the stories involving Miles Morales, uh, there is like a quote unquote into the Spider Verse um, storyline, like big crossover thing where Spider mm-hmm. like Miles Morales does come in contact with all the various uh, like offshoot Peter Parkers. So I think that's kind of what it is. It's it's which speaking which is kind of cra- which actually I think is kind of cool that that's where they started. Like they started with like the most ridiculous pitch ever you know it is kind of cool but at the same time my brain is sort of like well then because even though i would love movies to just be like one-offs and like okay whole thing my brain is conditioned to be like okay there's gonna be you go from here where could they go from here they already started with like a yeah what i would think is a like at least a insane idea at least a sequel movie idea if not like a third movie idea yeah, no, I get that. Right. I I think that's valid. But I thought it was cool that they did this. You know, mm-hmm. I I you know what probably what it yeah, is. No, is I wouldn't cool. be surprised if it was kind of one of those things where it's like we don't like the 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 how do I want to put this? The odds of there being a sequel were probably not you know super set in stone because like you know yes. let's be honest. Um, Hollywood doesn't like to make uh, movies about african-american people and put big budgets behind them so what are you talking about clay uh black yeah that was a that was kind of a risk at the time i'm i'm no no i'm i'm kidding because it's the only one i can think of um and so like that would definitely have been seen by a risk by um by hollywood which i mean it's fucked up that that's seen as a risk that shouldn't be Right. Well, uh, one of my, I mean, it's fucked up to say my favorite story uh, pertaining to this. It's not my favorite story because it's messed up. But one that I like to bring up is, um, yeah, I'm I'm a big Tim Burton fan. So whenever uh, I talk about him in, or whenever I would talk about him in circles in Austin, every now and then it would come up where, well, you know, he's problematic. He doesn't really cast diverse casts. It's the same kind of conversation you have with film people in Austin whenever you're talking about like right. the Coen brothers or something. Um, what I would say to differentiate Tim Burton from that conversation is Tim Burton tried very hard in a lot of his early movies to cast black actors in lead roles. He wanted Sammy Davis Jr. to play Beetlejuice in oh, Beetlejuice. Wow, he wanted, I know he wanted, um, Oh God. I should fact check myself. I believe he wanted Marlon Wayans to play uh, Robin in Batman Returns. Uh, they even made action figures um, based on that Robin, and then just painted them white. Uh, whenever he was like cut from the, whenever they like cut the Oof. character from the movie, and just they painted the action figure white and sold the action Oof. figure anyways. Uh, and then the most egregious one is Tim Burton cast Billy D. Williams as Harvey Dent. And uh, when his original plan for Batman Returns was going to be, which I'm, I love Batman Returns. Some days it's my favorite Tim Burton movie. It's a good one. But the original, 
Yes, but the original concept for that movie was there was not going to be a Max Shrek character played by um, Christopher Walken. That character and that storyline was Billy D. Williams as Two Face, and the end of the movie where he gets like where she shocks him by kissing him. That would have ended with him becoming Two Face yeah. rather than being like. So, but when the studio was like, "Oh, we can't have a black guy as our third lead." They made him change it to a new character, made him cast Christopher Walken, and then Tommy Lee Jones was recast as Two-Face for Batman Forever, which I have to admit, I love Tommy Lee Jones' Two-Face. But <laughs> but I I do want I just want to bring that up because it's like Sometimes it's not the filmmakers; it's just indicative of right, right, the right, studio right. system. Yeah, and I mean, like, like that's that's kind of what it's our point it, was. Is that it's a systemic it's a yes. systemic problem, and not to say not to say that filmmakers yeah. are immune. A lot of filmmakers oh, yeah. just now, listen, you know listen, don't write I, black parts I or don't want to work with black. Edgar Wright's one of my favorite, uh, and that's directors. Uh, that guy can't really write a black person to save his life. Like I think the. I'm trying to, yeah, I'm trying. I, the, only, the first one I can think of is Jamie Foxx. That's Fox it. That's literally Joker. it. And it's not great. Yeah. <laughs> like that character is a bunch of stereotypes kind of thrown together. Yeah. Right. Anyway. Um, so moving on. Um, <laughs> got off topic. Uh, moving on from two white guys <laughs> discussing uh, yeah, diversity in Hollywood. Racism and racism in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, where were we? So, okay, so we're at the fight scene. It's a lot of cool stuff happens. They're fighting. Uh, um, stuff happens. Oh, I think one of the best parts, of course, is is uh, Peter B. Parker, dad boss Spider-Man, uh, still doesn't want to go back. He's afraid because he, he's afraid that he's, you know, irrevocably uh, uh, destroyed his life back in New York. And he still kind of is like wanting to stay behind because he he doesn't want to face what happens uh, in his own universe. And and Miles does the exact same thing to him uh, whenever Miles was was first tied up back in the dorm room, where he does a good spinning mm-hmm. low kick and then grabs uh, Peter B. Parker by like the chest and it just kind of gives him the the leap of faith uh, speech. And like that was a cool moment. I really liked mm-hmm. that moment. That's, yeah, That's like one of that. those moments that, like, I, I'm not going to lie, I I, I kind of tear up a little bit when I see it. I'm just like, yeah, you tell him, Miles. You tell him. It's a leap of faith, man. <laughs> I can't wait to see what Nicolas Cage movies yeah, I tear up that'll doing. be fun. Uh, well, to be fair, I didn't tear Left up behind. because anything Nicolas Cage did. <laughs> you didn't tear up that his Uncle Benjamin was yeah. killed by Nazis yeah. or whatever? That's sad. (laughs) (laughs) Much like this podcast, it's not given. All I'm saying is, yeah. All I'm saying is, there's not a lot to talk about when it comes to Nick Cage in this movie. He shows up, he does his job, he does it well, and everybody who saw this movie for him enjoyed him in it. Is not this is not a well. Okay, so I think we've kind of cleared it out. Of course, the we can finish because I want to lead into that conversation. Just like let's just finish out. Uh, real quick, you know, uh, Miles Morales fights Kingpin. There's that point where it seems like he's going to lose, but then he sees his dad in, like, the command center of the weird black hole creating machine. And 
He gets his second win. And, of course, there's a callback to what he talked about with uh, his Uncle Aaron where he does the shoulder touch and goes, hey. And then shocks Kingpin, and that's what ends the fight. Yes. Like a spider. <laughs> you're gonna, you're not gonna let this movie live that down, are you? <laughs> um, so this, at this point, like you know, Miles Morales becomes Spider-Man. Uh, we we get to see his like little origin story, uh, little montage, um, and that's kind of where the movie ends. You know, we there's there is of course a, a really cute moment with uh, Spider-Man and his dad, where his dad doesn't know who he is and. He, this new Spider-Man is weirdly affectionate towards Officer Davis, which was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love you. <laughs> and of course, yeah. he tries to like tries to like fake deep, make his voice deeper, so he's like, "Dad doesn't recognize him and whatnot." Uh-huh. And then he says, "I love you." <laughs> it's great. No, it's great. I love it. Um, yeah, and of, you know, it's it, that's the end of the movie. So we've been dancing around at Hayden. I think uh, I think it's time to to come to terms with it. Is this a good Nick Cage movie? Like, if you're a fan of Nick Cage, should you a, watch this movie? Okay. This is a movie. If you're a Nick Cage fan, if you want your if you want to throw something on for your kid and you like Nick Cage and you're going to be popping in every now and then, yeah, maybe. Um, if you're just a big Nick Cage fan and you're a completist, yeah. of course you're going to see it. And if you're just a big Nick Cage fan, this is one of the like last ones on right. your list, I would th- I would feel. Like, I mean, don't seek it out right. if you're a Nick you, Cage right. fan. Right, you shouldn't be seeking this out if you're a Nick Cage fan. Uh, but if you are a fan of comic book movies or, you know, Marvel movies in particular or a Spider-Man fan... Or honestly, I would say like if you just want like a like you said, if you want just like a good family oriented movie, yeah, that also has Nick Cage in it. Like mm-hmm. you can't go wrong here. Could do a lot. You worse. could do a lot worse. Exactly. You could do a lot I mean, worse. Put it like this. Now it's it's got to be like his his best family movie, right? I don't know. Because like he's in some that. family. If movies. we're counting I don't like know national if movies, I really want to yeah, sit down and watch. I mean, if we're counting National Treasure movies, I would say National Treasure really? one I like more. Uh, yeah, it's, but, like that's okay, but I mean, that's definitely okay. a Nick Cage movie. That's like a classroom movie, and that's a good oh, classroom God, movie. Oh God, I do have friends in the education field who have shown that movie in a classroom. To be fair, it's after the standardized testing, which those are evil, and you know they they ruin kids' minds and whatnot. And mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't blame anybody who like the day after you t- your kids take a standardized test, you let them watch something fun. And so, right for history teachers and and like middle school, the National Treasure movies are kind of a good uh, they're a good pick for that. Gotta steal the Declaration of Independence. Hey, I have a few things. I have a few things I want to add about the movie before we move okay, on. Okay, okay. All right. Did you see? Did you check out any of the l- deleted scenes and stuff? Uh, I did not. Uh, if you if you have, why don't you share? Yeah, there's one in particular that I thought was pretty interesting. Um, it's actually seen uh, between. Uh, it's it takes place actually after the scene where he like meets his dad at the very end is like trying to pretend like he's you know he's oh, making okay. his voice deep and everything like that. He goes back home and sees his dad again. His dad is talking about how he went back to the station uh, and had to like reveal that like you know he found the prowler. And it was actually his brother. And he says, uh, Upon my weary heart was showered smiles, plaudits, and flowers. 
but beyond them I saw uh, troubles and thorns innumerable. And that is a quote from Jefferson Davis, the president of the Confederacy. You're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, but for real, I wanted I wanted to ask you to rank. <laughs> I wanted to ask you to rank the Spider-Man movies. Oh, you want me to rank all the Spider-Man movies? Yeah, You're gonna I I me. can give you I can give you my yeah I probably will I can You're give you my me. ranking. I can give you my ranking, but it I it, I won't include the Tom Holland ones because I haven't seen them all the way through. Okay. Uh, I will also not include the um, the the Adam Garfield movies because I've only seen the first one and Andrew. don't remember a goddamn thing about it. Andrew Garfield. Oh, Andrew Garfield. What did I say? Well, damn. So okay. So then the Sam Raimi ones are going to be on the bottom because eh. you really like this movie. Um, who, what did I say? Who? What did I? <laughs> you said I Adam. You said Adam Garfield, and oh. I was just saying Andrew Garfield. But oh, I'm yeah, saying Andrew Garfield. But I'm Sorry. saying if you're not counting those, then the Sam Raimi ones are going to be on the bottom for you. Well. <laughs> well. <laughs> okay. So, ain't I a stinker? So, okay. It's going to go like this. Into the Spider-Verse is my favorite. Um, okay. I got to be honest. Homecoming's my second favorite. Oh, Jesus Christ. I re- there's some really good stuff that happens in Homecoming. Like the villain, like uh, Michael Keaton as the villain is great. As the vulture, he's phenomenal. It's great. There's that. It also, like, you know who's an also who's also a phenomenal villain. Willem Dafoe is the Green Goblin. Back to formula, Clay. <laughs> I'm going to take this podcast back to formula. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, so uh, the, the 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 vulture in Homecoming has he makes some good points. Like he's not entirely wrong. <laughs> uh, number three. Look, he makes some good points. That's all I'm saying. Second best movie, second best movie, the ranking vulture made some good points. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Spider-Man, uh, uh, sorry. Spider-Man two is my third favorite. Okay. I really like Spider-Man two, the Sam Raimi movies. Um, I think, um, uh, fuck. I'm, I'm blanking out on his name, even though I know it's, it's right there. Um, Tobey Maguire. Hmm. Alfred Molina. Alfred Molina. Yes. Alfred Molina is excellent as uh, Doc Ock. Uh, it's a very tragic version of Doc Ock. I thought the second one was better than the first one. So the first one would be my fourth pick. And then Spider-Man 3 would be last place. What about Far From Home? Oh, right. I forgot Far From Home. Uh, I'd probably put that one before Spider-Man 3. It's not bad. And I... I I really did like it, but like there was some things that's like it just kind of fell apart in places and doesn't make sense in mm-hmm. others. And like even though there's some things I really really liked about it, it just mm-hmm. I don't know. It didn't really resonate with me as much as I would have liked. And you mm-hmm. know what? I will give props to Sam Raimi's first Spider-Man, even though it's not my favorite. And mm-hmm. there's some parts of it that are really corny. I appreciate mm-hmm. the corniness. Uh, now more than I did when I first saw it, because like for me, when I saw it at the time, it was like, well, I guess this is the best superhero movies can get. And it <laughs> felt cheap, you know, like, cause it, Oh yeah. And like, I was like, I guess this is the best we're ever going to see. And now that like, we've seen better, like from a, from a visual standpoint, now I can look back at those and be like, okay, like these still do some good things, even though there's some parts of the visuals that don't really didn't hold up for me in the moment. But mm-hmm. like the story is really good. The characters are really good. The 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 people they pick to be the the cast is ex, is is exquisite. Like mm-hmm. there are 
aspects of it that I'm like, yeah, no, this was a good movie. And I get that. I get why people right. like it. I get why you like them so much. Right. Well, my ranking, Clay. Number one, it's funny that you had this at three because it's the best uh, Spider-Man movie ever made and probably one of the best superhero movies ever made. Uh, Spider-Man 2, easily number one. I mean, it is Spider-Man two, the best of the two Sam, Ra- Sam Raimi movies. The two, Sam, the two Sam Raimi. <laughs> the, the two good ones, anyway. <laughs> the, thing is, the thing is, it's like... Uh, I I the thing about especially the first Spider-Man. So I'll say number 1 for me Spider-Man 2. I just think it's one of the most like emotional uh movies. They com- um but Spider-Man Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2 is a just a a great movie first and a a you know really good superhero movie far second. Mm-hmm. Um, everything about the characterization of uh, Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker, I love so much. Mm-hmm. There's so many background and small gags about like, you know, he's just the schmuck of all schmucks. Like right. every time, you know, he'll reach for an hors d'oeuvre at a party and someone will grab the last one. He'll <laughs> grab a drink off a tray and it'll be empty. Like every little detail is just of this universe is just punching him in the face forever. So Spider-Man two is my number one. Sam Raimi's Spider-Man one is my number two. And I agree with you. It's, you know, when you watch it now, the effects aren't good. The, cinematography is pretty flat but i think it is a the thing i love about those first two movies is they are great movies like Mm. they feel like real films and also kind of goofy action movies as well right and i'll give you i'll give you i'll give you you credit for this like i give them credits for this you're right because um that is kind of the problem with the mcu movies is they're not movies anymore they're like they're they are now like the absolute like visual like they are now the cinema version of comic books yes and i mean that's what they're trying to be right yeah there's nothing wrong with that inherently but it it does feel it there there is like a a disconnect uh you know between those movies and other films and even something like even something like spider-verse like spider-verse i think feels like a movie Spider-Verse definitely feels more like a movie than the MCU movies. Yeah. It's like the MCU the MCU movies don't look cheap, but yeah. you walk away feeling like they were cheap just on a satisfactory level. I wouldn't say cheap, they just feel samey. They, yeah. they don't okay, they don't, that's they fair. don't have like they they're not distinct. So that's kind right. of um you know, that's that's kind of um uh, a knock right. against them. And I agree. I get that. I get right. why there are people who consider themselves like s- cinephiles who don't really like the MCU. And I, I, I get that, but I mean, I, I, like I was, we talked about before, I have a lot of patience for the MCU movies for comic book movies in general. Yes. So I, and that's more totally fair. It. Yeah. That's, that's totally fair. That's yeah, how I am uh, with horror movies. So yeah, but, no, no, but um, I also like horror movies though. Can't, you, you know, right. But um, and then I would say my number three is uh, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man Three. Again, I recognize that there are movies on the list that come out. Well, okay, there's one movie on the list that comes after that is better. I would say Into the Verse, Into the Spider Verse, is a better movie overall, just because of what it goes for. It achieves better than what Spider-Man Three does because that th- last third act is so clunky. 
but I don't know. I, I, I find it very charming that Sam Raimi made the, you know, final movie in his trilogy. And it's like thematically, it's all just about forgiveness. I don't know. It's kind of a sweet little movie. Yeah. And then I would say number four would be into the spider verse, which we've talked about at length for an hour and a half. Yeah. Uh, and then, and really talked about Nick Cage, who's the whole reason we're talking about this movie. And then I'm not going to count the MCU ones just because I haven't seen them all the way through. But I would say Amazing Spider-Man 2 is number five. And I will add a disclaimer here. I actually kind of like it now. When I first saw it, I had said infamously to you, Clay, I think. Yeah. Uh, I think I had, at one point in my life, I had claimed it was... Quote, the worst movie ever made, unquote. <laughs> and since then, I've done some growing up, and uh, it's definitely not. It's not a great movie, but it's the Batman Forever of Spider-Man movies. Right. And if you like Batman Forever, then like you will absolutely love all the Electro stuff. And uh-huh. Clay, I'm going to tell you right now, if you haven't heard the score... Listen to the Hans Zimmer, and I think it's Hans Zimmer and Junkie XL, I think. They did, uh, like, or just listen to the electro tracks right. on off of the score. They are awesome. And then at the very bottom would be Amazing Spider-Man 1 because it's so boring. It's so yeah. boring. Yeah, and also the other thing I don't like about that uh, that movie is that Peter Parker's too cool in it. He's way too cool. Yeah. He's he he's a skateboarding shit. He's a skateboarding Before hipster. He's a, Spider-Man. he's a skateboarding hipster photographer, yeah. punk who like is great at math and like why would no one want to be his friend? Everyone right. would want to be his friend. Yeah. He's fucking cool and like Peter Parker is not supposed to be cool. I agree with you on on definitely on that one. Now there's one kind of it's not a game, but I wanted to do something, but if you think we're going too long we don't have to do it. No, no, no. I, I, I want these to go as long as we need to. Like, I want to do all <laughs> the things that we have planned. Oh. Okay. Well, I was I was thinking about for each of these movies, I would pull up the 10 highest grossing movies of the year it came out, and you would answer, you or I or both would answer uh, what we would rather see. Oh. Uh, so, so, like, against each of these, you would say... Into the Spider Verse or the movie that I named. Oh, okay, okay. Now, so I'm not having I to like guess like what, where it falls within the ten highest grossing or anything like that. You're just we're just gonna compare it to what else came out that year. Well, you can guess, but I'm surprised that it's not on here. I think it came yeah. out so close uh, to yeah. no, it came 2019 out in, like, right. in like November, I think maybe December. Yeah, yeah. So I I pulled up the box office for 2018 but i can pull okay. up the one for 2019 no, 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 if you'd no, no. rather do 2018. that it's fine okay all right so number 10 and remember you just tell me which one you'd rather see right the movie i'm going to name or the movie we just covered okay so number 10 it's all gonna be disney stuff because that's all that's the only thing that makes money nowadays <laughs> i know this game is this game is less interesting you know the what? closer to now that we get <laughs> yeah, yeah the closer to the but you know what it will be fun for uh for for like older movies Yes. So, yeah, I'm into it. I like this. I, Caden, right. I want this to be your segment because I have some some segment oh, for ideas sure. for myself. For sure. This is absolutely all you. I think you should do this for every movie. I th- I will. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, so number 10, Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Not a goddamn chance. Yeah, I would go into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. 
Um, also, not only because like those movies, from what I hear, are not very good, and I'm not a very big fan of uh, Harry Potter, but uh, just so everybody knows, uh, J.K. Rowling's a fucking turf. I think. I think if off. between J.K. Rowling, Johnny Depp, and and uh, the Flash guy, I think it might be the most problematic franchise out there right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, probably. But um, okay, number nine, Deadpool two. Oh, that's a. That is a tough one because I really like Deadpool too. Into the Spider Verse for me. What would I rather? Um, I you know what? If I was gonna say which one would I rewatch sooner, I even though I just rewatched Into the Spider Verse, I probably would rather watch uh, Into the Spider Verse again. Right. Yeah. Number eight. Number eight. Mission Impossible Fallout. Uh, you know what? I really like that movie, but yeah, no, I'm still willing to go. Um, uh, as, as much as I hate to say it, uh, fucking, uh, Henry Cavill cocking his fist in a fist fight. Does it, it's not enough. The sexiest, to get me to go watch you mean over. the sexiest image of all time? Yeah. That's the best image ever. Just to just mustached Henry Cavill cocking <laughs> yeah, his fist yeah. like guns. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, I'm going to go fallout. I think it's like the most like, entertaining action movie since fury road so i'm going it, fallout you know what it, i i do love the uh i do love the uh the mission impossible movies just because um the whole because tom whole cruise is a death wish huh because tom because those movies have become tom cruise has a death wish yes exactly because they have basically... they have gotten so much better since tom cruise's tried killing himself on camera right yeah tom cruise is a billionaire who's risking his life for our pleasure like what's better than that oh it's amazing yeah um he's he's finally figured out what celebrities are supposed to do yeah hurt themselves for our amusement i um, still think okay. that's not my favorite mission impossible so i'm still willing to go with uh you're gonna go uh, ghost protocol above oh, fallout yeah no, that's a good one i think fallout's my favorite but yeah okay number seven venom oh venom God. Nope. <laughs> now I I haven't seen Venom, so I'm actually gonna go Venom just because I want to. I would rather it. I'd rather see it than see Spider Man into the Spider Verse for a I, third time. I almost had to watch uh, Spider Man. I was I'm sorry. I almost had to watch Venom on a date uh, because I oh. asked though I asked the lady out on a date, uh-huh. and um, that's the movie she wanted to go see. And thankfully, she got sick, so we had to reschedule for something else. When when uh when you were like, what would you like to go see? She was like, I would like to go see Venom. Were you like, why would we do that? <laughs> I was like, all right, you know, <laughs> uh, I guess we can go see that. Number six, Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, yeah. No, Spider-Verse. I'm, sorry. I'm Sp- still going Spider-verse. Spider-Verse on that. <laughs> um, number five, Aquaman. Ooh, I'm going Aquaman. I think Aquaman yeah. is like I think Aquaman is one of the stupidest, most fun blockbusters that's exactly, coming out in a long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, I kind of agree. Like Spider Verse is the better movie, but god damn it, Aquaman is dumb fun. I was enjoying Aquaman, and then I th- and then like at one point in the movie, like I was enjoying it. I was like, this is pretty fun, and then at one point in the movie the crab people rose up and they went, the brine kingdom will not bow to the ocean master. And I went, this is the greatest movie ever oh, and made. You know who, you know ever. who the bride king is, right? Gimli. Yeah. Which, which, okay. 
Uh, he's Gimli, and to me, he will always be Sala. Yeah. John Rice Davis is a horrible racist, unfortunately, which kind of sucks. Oh, he but is? Yeah. Which, I mean, he's a British white dude who also, I think, has, like, some arist- aristocracy in his blood and, like, in his heritage mm. and whatnot. So, of course, he's racist. Well, um, separate the art from the king of the brine. <laughs> yeah, the brine king is great. I'm, yeah, so, I'm sorry. Separate. Hold on. You got to cut out what I said before. Uh, I, let me rephrase. Clay, you've got to separate the brine king from the artist, okay? You're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, number four, Incredibles 2. Uh, you know what? I'm going to say this. Uh, I'm going to stick with... Uh, not that I didn't like Incredibles 2. I think that for, on it, like being that it's a family like superhero computer animated movie, uh, I got to go, I gotta go uh, into the Spider-Verse again. I have not seen Incredibles 2, but I... I I have no I have no interest in seeing it, so I'd rather watch Spider Verse again. It's fine. It's a it's fine. I didn't think it was bad. Also, the the little sh- the little Pixar short in front of it, Bow, is adorable. Oh okay. Yeah. Honestly, go watch that. Number three, Clay. No, seriously, Caden. Like after we're done here, go watch Bow on YouTube. It's great. Oh okay okay we'll, yeah, we'll yeah, do yeah. we'll do. Number three, Clay. Yeah. Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom. No. So you're going Spider Verse? Yes. Yeah, I'm going uh, Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom. Oh, God. Look, Jurassic World is one of the worst blockbusters I've ever seen in my it's life. Bad. Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom is technically a worse movie, but it's so stupid and weird that I like it a lot more. <laughs> you there's like literally a train wreck. There's literally a part, and I genuinely enjoy it. I'm not like laughing at it. Like, there's a part where the raptor reads a sticker that says danger flammable gas and jumps out of the way before it explodes. That is a masterpiece. Oh, that I is cinema. You can see the face I'm making right now. <laughs> Number two, Black Panther. Oh, okay. Now that one's, that's number two. Mm-hmm. That one's kind of hard for me. Um, I think I got to go Black Panther. Which actually, I feel like we're doing this wrong. I feel like I feel like we've been like looking at the ones like individually, like w- like oh, would we rather go watch this one? I think it should be like at, like which one is are we are we wanting to say which one's better? No, no, no. We're just saying like what you would rather throw on. Oh, okay, okay. I you know what? No, no I, Jurassic I, no. World: Fallen Kingdom is not better than Spider Verse. <laughs> I was okay. just saying That's I'd rather fair. watch That's it. Fair. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I think I do have to go with uh, I gotta go with Black Panther on this one. I really do love that movie, and like, here's the thing, um, fucking Michael B. Jordan is great in this movie, but even better than Michael B. Jordan uh, is Winston Duke as Mbaku. Oh yeah, like, I liked Winston oof. Duke, and I did like Michael B. Jordan. Um, yeah, I'm gonna be honest. I don't love Black Panther, but that's just more. It's more of your about issues like with the MCU, MCU than anything else. Well, and I and I hate to sound like a DC fanboy because I'm really not. Yeah. It's just like superhero movies in general. They're just not That's really true. my thing. I that one so, is definitely one of the few that I'm like, oh, this is like really good and like I think people should watch it despite it being a comic book movie. Right. It, I cool thought it was in there. I like the like James Bond kind of scene where they're yeah. sneaking into something at the beginning and they're right. in the streets on the cars. I oh, it, the movie the movie loses me when it becomes a Power Rangers fight with a lightning train. True, but I will say this, Hayden. Um, you should go look at all the like 
stuff where Ryan Coogler talks about his thought process behind scenes and whatnot. It's phenomenal. Okay. Like, he has some really well, interesting stuff. Uh, and I also want to say this. Um, uh, one of the th- <laughs> one of the things I thought was really funny when that movie came out was I remember, um, I think it was like a podcast I was listening to, and there was this woman who, uh, she was black, her, her boyfriend at the time was white, and she was talking about, like, how whenever Winston Duke, as in Baku, shows up, like, in the end, where he's, like, on his throne and whatnot, and she mm-hmm. was talking about how, like, she was, like, mad thirsty for him, and she looked over, she saw her, her boyfriend was just kind of, like, squirming a little bit, and was, like, a little uncomfortable about how much she was into Winston Duke. I was thinking to myself, I was like, nah, if I was that dude, I'd just be like, no, honey, I get it. Winston Duke can get it. Like, I don't, seriously. I, I'll be I'll be honest. I know I just said that I liked him in the movie. I don't remember him in the movie, but I do love him in Us. Oh, he's great in Us too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's and, and he's it's kind of funny. Really, the like, only thing I like about it's, Us. But. It's what was that? He's really the only part of Us that I really like. But oh, really? You didn't like that movie? Nah, that that movie falls apart for me at, at the home invasion stuff. But um, yeah, there there it definitely is. Like it it it's definitely a little messy at parts but i still really liked it i wanted to love it i'll put it that way i liked it a lot all right uh so what's number one you can guess clay i'm trying to oh wait is that the year lion king came out or was that 2019 that was 2019 oh okay uh oh you can you can guess it i don't remember what it's uh, so easy huh it's so easy I don't remember. You're going to have to remind me. I don't remember what came out that year. Avengers Infinity War. Oh, that's right. I forgot that the first half of Avengers uh, Well, I can easily answer this one. Uh, <laughs> Spider-Man all day. <laughs> I We're not a watch, fan of uh, Infinity I War? Will, I will watch Spider-Man ten times in a row before I'll watch Infinity War again. See, I don't like Infinity War, um, but I would pick Infinity War just... To, so I could rewind and play and rewind and play Tom Holland disappearing over and over again. Oh, you monster. That part was sad. No, fuck him. I hate him. <laughs> God, fuck you, hated. The The reason Endgame is better is because he's not in it. I mean, there's oh, a lot of reasons Endgame you. is better, but no, that is top of the no, list. No, every no. What I what I like I I I was I was teaching that year and like I had a bunch of my students who like got to see it before I did and I was like, "Hey, hey, hey, listen. I'm going to get to see it this Saturday." Like Y'all can't don't no spoilers. I come back Monday. We all like had PTSD because of what is what does he say? Because uh, he, goes, he goes, Mr. Stark. Uh, wait, was he? I, I don't feel I, good, Mr. Stark. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't feel good, Mr. Stark. Yeah, it's like no. We all were Dude, just. I like, was pumping my Dude. fist. I was like, yeah, kill we're, that. We fucker. just all looked at each other. We're just like, so like what happened to Peter Parker was crazy, right? We all just we're all like, yeah, like. Like we we all look like somebody died in our family. We were so sad by that. Don't you yeah, take it, that away from me? It would have been real tragic. It would have been real tragic if you know you could have believed for a second that he wasn't coming back. But I mean, no, no I, I disagree with that because like I knew he was I, coming back. Like, like right, but that's still that that moment still felt real because it was sad. I think that is. I like, think that tragic. is like that is the largest detriment to that climax is because. You know it's I going to be undone. I disagree, man. I really because like if, it's still hit. Look, if if COVID nineteen happened after Avengers Infinity War, 
That would have been the greatest superhero movie ever made because it would have ended with all of them dying. And that would have just been the end. And you would have been like, that is insane that that's just going to be how this thing ends. No, no, I, I, but I like, I, I know that in, in a vacuum, if you can watch it and not think ahead, I'm sure that's very emotional. No, hated. Hated. I knew that was gonna happen. I knew that. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. Much I, I should guaranteed. say for me, I'm. Sh- I'm. Sh- I should say for me. Okay. If I. If I. Yeah, who has yeah, no yeah. real investment well, in these characters. But it's not even that, because like, it's not that I um don't that I'm like that I was like able to remove myself like and be like oh you know maybe there's a chance he won't be. No, I know he's coming back, but that's that scene still hits because I think Tom Holland's not a bad actor, and I think he did a pretty good job with that. Like, there's this point like. He's a child. He shouldn't have been there. And, like, he's going to basically cease to exist on an alien planet. And his mentor has to watch him fade away into dust. Also, yeah, I, loved all of the, the I loved all of the memes that came out after that. Because I then had students come up to me and be like, oh, my God, Mr. Hilly, you got to see this one. And I, I can't remember. I saw one that was the worst. It was so <laughs> horrible and just just horrible evil callous thing i've ever seen and i looked at that kid and i was just like you can't show this to anyone else wait and you can't remember it i don't remember which one it was i saw so many you Um, got me wanting to know what it was yeah i do remember seeing one that was scooby-doo that was really funny where it's like it's like scoop i don't feel so good (laughs) like zoink scoob i don't feel so good yeah it's good (laughs) that one was good but Oh, I wish I could remember what it, I might. I might have to like look up like that meme and like I'll get back to you on it. Just make but... it the cover photo for this episode. <laughs> I'll link it in the show notes. <laughs> so that that's that's my segment. Right. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. I have a segment for you. Okay. So uh, I've got a couple because we're 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 coming to the end. Yeah, we're we have oh, to end this wow. soon. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have we to have end to. This soon. We have yeah. to end this. Yeah, so I have one final game for you. Okay. Uh, and this is this is one of the possible games that we could play at the end of the at the end of each episode. Uh, okay. And I, I call like this I call this cage free movies. <laughs> because hey, what I want you to do, I'm going to give you three <laughs> ridiculous movie premises, and I want you to tell me which one doesn't have Nicolas Cage in it. Oh my god, this is a great game. I know, right? This is awesome. <laughs> All right, so <clears throat> okay, what I have for you first, and I'm not gonna—I'm just gonna give you the synopsis. I'm not gonna give you anything. No, no dates, no directors, no actors. Okay, nothing. Just the premise. Damn. Okay. okay. So in the first one, okay. Okay, so in this first one, we have an artist drifts to New Orleans and explores the theme of lust with his poet buddy's wife. That's the premise of the first movie. Okay. The second one, a young soldier in Africa wanders away from his camp and meets a woman whom he rapes and kills. But when he returns to his outfit, (laughs) he finds he can't escape his tormenting conscience. And then finally, we're going to watch all of these eventually, right? (laughs) Well, all the ones that are, that are not cage free. Okay. All right. So these aren't okay. like cameo movies. These are he's in like a leading role. I mean, these are movies that are uh, the ones that have Cage in them 
are movies that he that he will show up on the list. They are okay. movies that he is a credited uh, actor in. Not necessarily they, the lead, though. Not necessarily the lead. Okay. Uh, and the final one, a wealthy merchant arranges a marriage through mail, but discovers that the woman who arrives to share his house is an imposter with an eye on his fortune. You could ask this que- this same question every episode, and I'd probably forget. <laughs> yeah, right? Which one I'm of those is the cage-free say... movie? So, uh, artist say sleeps the... with poet friend's wife. Uh, in New Orleans. Uh, sol- uh, soldier rapes a, a, a woman in Africa. Or a uh, guy has an arranged marriage with a woman that turns out maybe isn't who she says she is. I think it's... I think it's B. I don't think Cage is in B. Which one is B? The soldier who rapes a lady. And I'm sorry, Hayden, you've lost the initial episode of Cage Free Movies. (laughs) No, damn it! (laughs) That is Time to Kill 1989 Nick Cage classic that you've never heard of. Here's the best part. It's Italian. (laughs) It's an Italian (laughs) movie. (laughs) And you know what? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I I had to make sure that it was it was viable because it is one of the it's 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 it is a, it is one that is very low on the list of mm-hmm. rated and I want to make sure that it exists so I found it on YouTube and I clicked to a random point and clicked on the exact point where Nick Cage rapes a black woman. How long is that rape scene? What if it's just the whole movie? <laughs> I don't know, but unfortunately we're going to subject ourselves to it. So, so okay, uh, so wait, what was the one? Wait, can I ask which one didn't have him? Oh, in you want to know which one was the cage-free movie? Yeah, uh, 2001's Original Sin, starring um, Antonio Banderas and Angeline Jolie. Wait, but which one was that? Which synopsis? oh, that was the oh, sorry, that was the uh, that was the one about the merchant uh, and oh. the. Uh, um, so my question is, how do you go about picking the cage-free movie? You just pick a random a movie at random? You know what? I, <laughs> I I remembered this movie in a conversation I had with a friend. And okay. uh, thankfully, it was like when we were like texting each other. And uh, so I was able to like, oh, shit, what was that Antonio Banderas movie that just is like a really crazy off-the-wall like, like uh, thriller, like, you know, mm-hmm. that just – yeah, it would be perfect for this because it sounds like it could be something that Nick Cage was in. Okay, so what was the one about the guys having the affair with the guy's friend's wife in oh, New Orleans? That is 1991's Zandali. What the fuck? With Michael Bean. <laughs> what are these movies? I know, right? Again, Zandali. we're going to get to watch this movie. How many movies was he in? 104. We're only one down, Hayden. 103 to go. Oh, my God. All right, Hayden. We're coming to the end of our podcast. So, real quick, before okay. we go, uh, I want to ask you real quick. <clears throat> over, under, what do you think the Rotten Tomatoes score for our next movie is going to be? I'm going to say over or under 2%. I mean, it's under. It's zero. It's yeah. got to be zero. Yeah, this one's got it easy. This one's kind of easy. Uh, in fact, it's not even. It's not even technically zero. It's technically not even rated. Like it does not have a tomato score, but it does have Jesus. A, it does have an audience score of the lowest of any other Nick Cage movie, as far as I can tell, at twenty one percent. 
Oh my god. What year did it come out? I can't tell you that. Hayden, I need you to give me a guess. Do you have any guess of what might be a Nick Cage movie that is so bad it doesn't even have a a rating on Rotten Tomatoes? So that's the only hint I get? That's the only hint you get initially. I ain't got no idea. He's been in 104 (laughs) movies, Clay. (laughs) Give me something. What do you think is the worst? What's the worst Nick Cage movie that you can think of? Okay, just because it's the one that I said last time. I don't. Th- I know this isn't it, but I'm okay. going to just go ahead and guess Deadfall. Okay, it is not Deadfall. God. All right. Okay. I'll All right. tell you what. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you who it was directed by. Will it? Will that help? <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> uh, and. I'm so sorry for 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 all the people involved and I'm about to butcher your name. <clears throat> Giuliano Montaldo. Clay. <laughs> Alright, what was the name of that raping movie? <laughs> you would be correct. <laughs> it's time to kill <laughs> from nineteen eighty nine. The movie where Nick Cage rapes a woman. And that's Clay, the whole so movie. okay, I just want you to know. Our Nicolas Cage podcast, the first episode that we, the first official episode is about a Spider-Man movie in which we never talked about Nicolas Cage or his performance. The second episode is going to be about a movie where he rapes a woman for, I guess, the entire length of the film. I don't, I don't think it's, it's not, listen, it's not irreversible. This may be one, this may be one where I let you describe it to me. No, we're both But I I will, I know, I will try and watch it. It's All on YouTube. Right. It's, there's it. no excuses. We're both going to subject ourselves to it. Um, and I'd, I'd also like to point out to anyone listening, yes, we all recognize that this is a horribly problematic uh, uh, movie, just from the description alone. I'm sure that's going to come up. Um, I know we are, we're being very flippant about this movie. Um, I, I think it's, it's, right now it's gallows humor. We are, we are laughing because we don't want to have to watch this movie. But we're doing it because, God damn it, we said we'd watch every single Nick Cage movie, and even movies with such a horrible premise as this, we're gonna do it. So, all so right, Hayden, uh... we're 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 coming to the end of our of our second episode, and uh, I, I, there's one last thing I need to tell you before we go. What's that, Clay? What's that? Well, I just want you to know that. Sometimes I let matches burn down to my fingertips just to feel something. Anything. (laughs) Good night, everybody. (laughs) 